Okay. So the scene is you are at the top of the Cathedral of Los Angeles and you are standing there. It's very, very early in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's right up against the time that you would feel comfortable being up. Mm -hmm. You're feeling yourself getting slower, but it doesn't stop you from what's happening up at the top of this tower. Right. And you are with someone else. Uh Uh-huh. It's unclear if you've pushed them or if they've slipped from your grasp. Mm. But they've moved away from you and they are plummeting down onto the street. Mm. And you see them falling. And as you're seeing them fall, the light from the sun is breaking through the clouds. Mm -hmm. The sun that you've never seen in decades Mm -hmm. is suddenly illuminating you. Mm -hmm. And you feel it in your cells. You are on fire. Mm -hmm. Almost instantaneously. Mm -hmm. Everything is on fire. Your eyes, your mouth, your tongue, your brain, your hands, everything. You're stumbling and you're stumbling back. You're stumbling forward. You're tripping over your feet and you fall forward. And as you fall forward, your body becomes ash and the ashes sprinkle onto the street Mm. before you can even hit the ground. Mm. And that is your final death. But how did we get there? So many questions. We'll find out. Yeah. This episode of the Esoteric Order of Roleplayers is brought to you by the generosity of our backers on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash esotericrp to find out how you can become a backer too. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with all the latest news, and join our Discord community to chat with players and fellow listeners. The Esoteric Order broadcasts from Santa Fe, New Mexico. We recognize these episodes are produced on the traditional territory of the Tewa-speaking Pueblo peoples, and we acknowledge their community, their ancestors, their elders, both past and present, and future generations. Esoteric Order of Roleplayers present Killer Diller, a Vampire the Masquerade duet chronicle with Desiree Valdez as the storyteller.
I move the stars for no one. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> um, Hi. Hello. Let's do this. We're okay. doing this thing. All right. Let's just, let, you know, I feel like it's important. Well, if you're starting out listening, mm. um, that it's October 2020. Mm-hmm. We are recording. Mm-hmm. Just as a time capsule. It might be good. That's true. Give people a sense of context. We have no idea what the next hour, the next 12 hours will hold. Yeah. (laughs) So we are in October 2020. I saw a tweet where some guy guy tweeted out on October 1st. Hey, everyone, we made it through the first day of October. And then like six six hours later, he's like, well, this tweet didn't age well. That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. So, so God only knows by the time this goes out, <laughs> what's going to be going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that great. Um, you got your little handy drink there. Mm-hmm. Scissorping away. Mm-hmm. We haven't recorded or been in this space in like a really appreciable way. Hey, that was one thing to check too. Got it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. No, we, we, well, we, we did our little, uh, Berlin Cthulhu one shot. That's true. We did. But that's about it, children. Yeah. So that's why we're doing this for the children. Mm-hmm. The children want more duets. And they said, we want duets. And we said, sure. And then <laughs> five months later, <laughs> two years later, here we are. we're here. We're back in the studio. We're back in the studio. We're, we're, doing, it for, some we're doing it for the children. Right. And we're popping um, the corn, abs- feeding the children. No, that's disgusting. That's, don't say that. All right. So... I'm not trying to be a buzzkill, but that's just disgusting. My buzz has been killed. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. So, October 2020, mm-hmm. we're here to play a new duet mm-hmm. called Killer Diller. Mm-hmm. This is part one of two. And this is the prelude for part one. Mm-hmm. There may be a mini prelude for part two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, so, you're so amenable. You're just like, yeah, sure. Well, I'm aware of the plan. Oh, you are aware. Yeah. Oh, were you? I was just talking to listeners who may not be That's right. aware. Exactly. See, so I'm I was always agreeing with you. I'm always thinking about the listeners. I know. It's just what I do. I know. So this is the first prelude, part one, City of Devils. Ooh, shit. And um, so just to give um, an overview of what we're hoping to accomplish is um, just a sp- spooky, <laughs> ooky duet. And um, thrills, chills, and spills as usual. Mm-hmm. And uh, really exploring Los Angeles, the 20s through the 50s. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. That is the goal. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Because like I mentioned, we have no idea what's going to happen. No, no. So let's begin with, I mean, is there anything you would like to share? Mm. Your thoughts, feelings? I'm excited. You are. I think this will be fun. Um, good, good. Looking forward to sharing this character with everybody. Uh-huh. My OC, as the kids say. Oh, what? Why is it an OC? Original character. <laughs> Not player character? No, I don't know. I, I don't even know where that comes from. Anyway. OC? Yeah. <laughs> I think it comes from the fan fiction community, but... That has no space just... here. No, thank you. <laughs> We are no, not, I mean, we if are you want to write fan, space for that, if you want to write fan fiction about our characters, go go nuts. But hmm. um, that would be hilarious to see. Fan fiction, fan art. It's we've all asked, good. you know, no, we've asked this before. <laughs> Nobody, <laughs> no, no takers. It takes us up on it. <laughs> Sad. No, it's all good, man. They, 
It's a subjective experience. That's right. But we're not here for that. We're here to have fun. We're here to weave a tale that mm-hmm. will amuse us both. And hopefully people who listen, they might enjoy it as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll just get into it. Okay. You want to get into it? Do, what else do you have to say for yourself? Um, I think that's it. I mean, your your little uh, labyrinth Bowie quote there at the beginning <laughs> is just making me think about Changeling now. So, what? you know. <laughs> Why are you, and I'm already thinking about werewolf, so we need to calm down. <laughs> Ah, we committed ah, to doing this. You get our head space. No, like, I, wait, I, oh. I just, I know nothing about Changeling whatsoever, but there was some, there was some chitter chatter on the Just Barbarian Things Discord oh, server. Oh, at Just Barbarian Things? Yeah. <laughs> right? Is that what they're, uh, what's the Twitter? Yeah. Oh, oh, let me, let me grab that. No, no, Hold no, on, I'll, I'll get just, it. I got it. Oh, all right. Anyway. We'll beat, beat you to it. Fine, fine. Um, anyway, there was some chit chat over there about. At Barbarian Rainy At on Barbarian Twitter. Rainy, of course. Mm-hmm. Just Barbarian uh, Things podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but anyway, there was some talk about Changeling over there, and I know nothing about it, but it is interesting. It's intriguing. I'm intrigued by it. I know you are. So, you know, we'll, you. we'll pencil that in for, I don't know, three years from now. Duh! <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but you want, you're interested. You also want to play Mage. You want to I definitely, explore the I definitely whole want to play Mage. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. I don't know about Wraith. No, I don't want to play Wraith. Or, or Mummy. Well, Mummy, I do want to play. Or Genie. I do want to play Genie. <laughs> what was it? Genie the... No, Genie. The summoning? It was Genie the summoning. Yeah. Because you summon a Genie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so many adventures to run. Uh, I mean, we could make a fake Genie the summoning for like a... Um, like, if we want to do, like, a Chronicles thing with mm. some mortals, like, what are they playing, Genie the Summoning or yeah. something like that? I don't know. I think that would be funny. That would be funny. <clears throat> it, you know, if you Google Highlander World of Darkness, you get this webpage that looks like it was probably made in 1999. Oh, God. And it talks about how it's hosting a netbook of, um, it is, it's like Highlander colon, it's not the quickening, you'd think so, but it's not... <laughs> Uh, Why would it be the quickening? Because that's uh, you know what they what they isn't that the, the subtitle of the first movie? I don't know. I, probably, but that's like that's related to like something moving in the womb. Yeah, it's kind of gross. That's real. Why is that gross? It's just, it feels like a bodily function. I'm like, why does it relate to Highlander? Yeah, that's what I'm It's like, you don't need to talk about bodily functions. That's, what? That's cool. That's cool. We're, sir. Sir, we're about to play vampire. We're about to play vampire. <laughs> well, ma'am. Un, undead bodily functions. Ma'am, function. this is a vampire game. <laughs> ma'am, this is a mortuary. <laughs> no. Um, oh, undead bodily functions are fine. Anyway. Oh, what the fuck? I don't... No, but anyway, so uh, the interesting thing, though, is it talks about how the netbook was originally written in 1992, I think, which is really, I mean... Well, that was right in the when that was popular. It is, but I'm just like, what, you know, man, to be to be a nerd in 1992... <laughs> well, to be a nerd. ...playing period. Vampire the Masquerade and going, you know what this needs? Some Highlander. And then you get you open up your .txt file and you start writing your net netbook and you post mm-hmm. it on Usenet, I guess, or yeah, whatever would have been the yeah. thing at the time. Yeah. Or uh, a BBS system, perhaps. So anyway, funny stuff. It's still out there. It's hysterical. Yeah. Um. So, but yes, we are here to play a different kind of immortal. Although, ironically, also an immortal that can be uh, forever killed by beheading yeah 
So Same with the Highlander. That's interesting. That's Why? What is interesting about that? Um, you know, just sort of overlaps, mythological. Uh, okay, parallels. I'm wrangling this back from you. So anyway, <laughs> this is my game. Yeah, <laughs> my game, my rules. I mean, I'm just, I'm just gonna ramble <laughs> no, over here. No, no. You, you asked me if I had any other thoughts. Those are the thoughts I had. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I'm sorry I asked. Yeah, you shouldn't have. I shouldn't have asked. No. Um, that's on. That's my fault, everybody. I have listeners, I'm very sorry. <laughs> Um, it's <laughs> off to a <laughs> roaring start. Yes, well, we're here to do a prelude, right? We're here to do a prelude. So that's fine. We are doing it's a, a very prelude. informal session. Mm, most sessions are informal. That's true. So, hopefully, <clears throat> you haven't skipped that far. <laughs> and we're getting into... <laughs> actual game starts at 10 minutes. <laughs> As usual. Actual game starts at 45 minutes. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay. Saying all that to say, mm-hmm. we will begin with Killer Diller, part one, City of Devils, prelude number one, question mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're getting into it. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about my werewolf idea? All right. <laughs> so really quickly, though, yeah. we wanna, I want to set this the context for this okay. um, particular series in mm. the nightlife umbrella. Oh, okay. So nightlife are all of our world of darkness chronicles mm-hmm. that we do. Mm-hmm. We do vampire. We've done vampire only at this point in time. Mm-mm. Oh, and hunters hunted mm-hmm. hunter, the V hill hunter, the V hill. Yes. Right, at the vigil. Okay. So, so we've done that. I, we, we, we've done vampire, uh, vampire mythos exclusively. Yes. Like we haven't really delved into things outside the world of vampires. No, not really. I mean, we've incorporated some things here and there in our vampire tales, but... Do well. you have any books written from the vampire's perspective? <laughs> I'm sure I've made that joke already. But no, you anyway. haven't. <laughs> have I not? No. <laughs> I thought that was like something Derek would have said or something. Oh, my... Well, probably the next time we see Derek. Yeah, he's the one writing from the vampire's perspective. That's true, actually. Anyway, well, speaking okay. of which, okay. speaking of established so, characters... <laughs> so, Nightlife. Yeah. So, our Nightlife Chronicles is what we've lovingly called our, our um, World of Darkness um, games. Mm-hmm. And that consists mostly of vampire and hunter. What? Why are you smiling? I, I just I'm I'm thinking about all the things we've created. It okay. makes me happy. <laughs> Carry on. Excuse me. Excuse me for being a little happy this year. Jesus Christ! I know you're not used to seeing me smile, but shit. Why are you smiling? <laughs> are you gassy? Gassy? It's a gas. It's, a gas. it's gas, gas, isn't it? it? So. <laughs> Oh my god, we're right back on our bullshit. So oh, it's never left. <laughs> no, never got off of it. It's a whole new level of bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have vampire. We have hunters hunted. Mm-hmm. We have, um, and we're going to incorporate some new stuff next year. Mm-hmm. But this is an extension of our, and they're all set in Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, or they have Los Angeles as the locus, I guess you could yes, say. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, that's the central gravity well. Right, like that's the hub. The hub, yeah. And um, and so this duet is set before Thirteen Candles, mm-hmm. before Neon Masquerade, mm-hmm. Black and White, East of Eden. Neon Masquerade, East of Eden, Black and White, Demon's Mirror. That all took place in the eight, late eighties, early nineties. Mm-hmm. Then we have Thirteen Candles, which takes place in nineteen sixty-seven, mm-hmm. and a couple other years for you to figure out. <laughs> And then, <laughs> wow! And then well, it does. It, it bends time and space. It and does. then, um, 
Killer Diller is set in the 20s, ideally through the 50s. Okay. But so, not necessarily like consec- like we're going to do time jumps, right? That's your idea? Um, Not fully. Oh, okay. Like, not fully. So the first part is definitely dedicated to the 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, the second part is dedicated to the 40s and 50s. That's kind of what I meant. Like oh. we're, we're going to kind of jump ahead a little bit. We'll jump ahead. Between the two. Yeah. Yeah. A wee bit. Not yeah. much, though. Sure. Because, but, but there may be jumps within those parts, correct? Right, like, right. Year to year to year. It's not going to be like every day, but there's exactly. going to be significant events that have taken place throughout those decades. Right. Exactly. So two 20-year periods. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, up through the Anarch Revolt. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. It's, amb- it's ambitious. No. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilies, but it's ambitious. Mm-hmm. And um, and don't get me, don't make me digress and talk about spoilers <laughs> and how there really aren't any spoilers. Oh yeah, no such thing. No such thing as spoilers. And very controversial. <laughs> so moving forward, we're gonna do a prelude for so we can get to know your character. Mm-hmm. And then we'll start with the we'll start we'll figure it out in session one like. Well, all I already know when we'll be starting and what we're establishing here. Okay. But um, that's to kind of give you all context for our games and where they're going. Mm-hmm. If you've never listened to, if you've never listened to any of our chronicles, and this is the first one you're starting with, I think that's actually not bad. Um, I think that's true. I think in a lot of ways, this is actually. You could do a chronological. You could listen through. I know that was. That was my idea. Oh, you that's why I picked this time period. Ow. So, oh, oh, <laughs> show me your duet sometime. Oh All right. God. So, <laughs> what? That was pretty bad. It was. <laughs> Cut it out. No. <laughs> All right. So it was bad. Keep going. <laughs> you're supposed to be building me up as like as <laughs> your uh, trusty GM. So, I'm sorry, storyteller. Yes, the trusted please. storyteller. Get on with the storytelling. Okay. So, mm-hmm. 20 minutes in. And <laughs> we're going to start with a prelude. So, mm-hmm. David, you are playing. You are the player. I am the storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I will be facilitating this story over the next many, many weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Carry us through. I will do that. I will do my best. So, to start, we're going to go with um, just the standard character sheet. Rundown. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, you, know, you, you want to you want to grapple with the mechanics first. Uh, we need to get all the crunch out of the way, and then we can start filling in with the actual good, normal, true, healthy content that we're here to get, <laughs> which is not the crunch. It's gonna gonna but the clear fluff. clear our eczema and it'll uh, clear, clear all of our chakra points. Cure it's gonna depression. help us. It's curing our depression. It's offerings to our ancestors mm-hmm. is through sharing the actually qualitative data around your character versus the quantity. Of course you'd want to get the quantitative. No, 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 no. But I just, mm-hmm. for those who are interested and curious, um, not me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, I would like to know, cause I don't remember to be honest and I'm sure you don't as well. Uh, yeah. I'm not super. <laughs> Things may have been said and now they're forgotten. It's I like, mean, I it's literally, like the Lord of the Rings. Serious, I'm like Gandalf down in the archives. No, it's like the stories tend to myth. Oh, right. To, yeah. Things were for, things that should not have been oh, yes. forgotten were forgotten. Yes. And <laughs> some things that should have been forgotten were brought up. Ooh. Whatever. Something like that. Something like that. All right. So, fine. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think I made this character in like May. You did. Uh, and that was about two and a half years ago. Yes, approximately. So um, that was 
50, 13 years ago. Yes. Um, but yes. So I know, I know a lot of our, you know, welcome to our new listeners, but I know a lot of our longtime listeners were anticipating that I was going to play Tremere for this outing. And that is certainly the idea I had coming in when I sat down and started cogitating, you know, what kind of character I wanted to do. And a few different ideas, a few different permutations. Ultimately, I decided against a Tremere only because I kind of feel like I would like to play an all Tremere chronicle with like maybe two other players where we're like in a Chantry, you know, and we're kind of exploring the uh, politics of that, you know, and the politics of the of the Tremere clan. So I so, hope you enjoy listening to that because obviously you won't be involved in that in any way. I hate the Tremere. <laughs> <laughs> if my brother Mark wants to play with you, uh-huh. I think that'd be great. We'll find one other person. <laughs> you can find one other person. I, I mean, I, look, I just can't keep up with all of the spells and the nonsense and the frufara, like hocus pocus nonsense. Like, I'm not, I'm not about it. Go play wizard. The jiggery pokery. Yeah, it's shenanigans, mischief. I, I'm not interested in it. Okay. There may be no Tremere in this. <laughs> there may be no Tremere in this chronicle, actually. That's not true. I was thinking back. I'm like, who did I? But I made a really memorable Tremere (laughs) for 13 Candles, and I love him. And so now I'm starting to feel some kind of way about it. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so long story short, you did not pick a Tremere. I did not. As much as everybody thought, oh, he's going to go for it. Yeah. But why didn't you pick one? It wasn't because of me. No, no. Like, no. I'd I'd play a Tremere just to spite you. I know. But uh... that's true. No lies. <laughs> no, no, but uh, it's just exactly what I just said, which is that I, I just feel like you rather because they're more conducive to a group coven. One coven. thing, a coven, if you will, <laughs> a, a, like a, a coven, a shantry of of yes. Tremere. It's yes. like a murder of crows. It's like a, a yes. shantry of Tremere. One thing we've sort of discovered as we've played these these games is that there are certain clans that are better suited for duet games. Absolutely. And you just lucked into the fact that Gangrel are a good one. I did not luck into anything. <laughs> ah, oh, that's right. You, you want to get metaphysical? Yeah, always. Uh-huh. Yeah. I picked it for a reason. Obviously. I knew. <laughs> on some level. Okay. Well, okay. So we can just say we didn't consciously realize that right. Gangrel were an excellent choice for yes. a duet chronicle because right. they're very self-sufficient. They are. Um, so that being said, I, I did go with a clan that is community oriented, I guess you could say it's <laughs> what? not, not, not terribly, uh, oh. not terribly loner, uh, oriented, but oh, no. also can, I hope, I think survive on their own. And, uh, and plus I also still, I didn't want to necessarily not do blood magic. So I went with Giovanni. I'm just letting that aerate for a moment. So, me too. <laughs> I'm gonna percolate. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, so I don't remember. I, I had a little short list of different character concepts. I don't remember what, what they all were. The one I eventually settled on was private investigator. Yeah, you did have a lot of ideas. I you did. had a lot. You're like, maybe I could play two characters, and and who knows? Maybe you will. Maybe, maybe I will. D- depending on what happens to your character, but um, that's true. So my concept is P.I. medium. P. 
a private investigator <laughs> or, medium. Or maybe medium PI. <laughs> <laughs> medium PI. I want a large PI, please. <laughs> so yeah, yes. We so, medium. So you are a medium, meaning what? I commune with the spirits as a way of solving mysteries. Oh, see, like Columbo. Columbo was not a medium. Dude, he totally was. Just watch, rewatch the, rewatch it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Columbo, so. Okay, that's just rude. I hope Jen isn't listening to this. She's not. That's true. <laughs> well, sorry, Jen. She probably felt it. She felt a disturbance in the force. She did. Um, but anyway, that's my concept. That's my okay. plan. All right. So, um. So, Giovanni. Yeah. You're playing a medium private investigator, meaning yes. that you commune with the spirits to solve crimes. Yes. And you're like a gun for hire. Like you're like. You're yeah, I'm, a, I'm an independent agent living okay. in Los Angeles. Now, one thing I've left blank is Sire. I know. And we can figure that out. Oh, we will. Over the course of this prelude. Oh, we will. Good. Um, so this is Cesar Berganza. And. Uh, Cesar Berganza. Berganza. But he is otherwise known as Lucky. Mm-hmm. That's right. And his nature is chameleon, and his demeanor is enigma. Okay, so you're going to need to scan that sheet and send it to me so I can stare at it. Or make a copy of it. <laughs> stare at it. Chameleon, and then what? Enigma. Okay, describe like those. Like the band of the same name. Grab those. Oh. So... <laughs> Grab those definitions and share them with the children. All right. So a chameleon is independent and self-reliant. You carefully study the behavior and mannerisms of everyone you come in contact with so you can pass yourself off as someone else later. Hmm. You spend so much time altering your mannerisms and appearance that your own sire may not even recognize you. That's weird. Spies, con artists, drag queens, and imposters best represent the chameleon. Oh, so are you going to be like shape-shifting and stuff to solve crimes? I don't know. Maybe that's weird. I'm. I'll have to look into what I can do with my with my various powers. Okay. Yeah, we'll get into it. And then Enigma uh, is so, your nature, correct? Uh, no, chameleon is my nature. Oh, so I regain right. I regain a point of willpower whenever I fool someone into thinking I'm someone else for my own benefit. Okay. Okay. And then your um, demeanor is Enigma. Demeanor is Enigma. Your actions, oh, so this is where I was thinking of Colombo. Your actions are bizarre, <laughs> puzzling, and inexplicable to everyone except yourself. Mm -hmm. Your strangeness may be a residual effect from your embrace or the most effective way for you to carry out your work. To the rest of the world, however, your erratic actions suggest that you're eccentric, if not completely crazy. Hmm. Conspiracy theorists, deep cover agents, and jihad fanatics all live up to the Enigma archetype. Repeat the last sentence. Conspiracy theorists, deep cover agents, and jihad fanatics all live up to the Enigma archetype. So do you think you're in deep cover? Like, who are you working for, really? Mm -hmm. Those are questions. Just you don't, like have to, you don't have to answer them, That's but good. it's just a little thought. Good question to contemplate. Thing to percolate. Yeah. Okay, so um, I have here that the name of the Chronicles Killer Diller. Is that correct? Good. Yes, sir, that is correct. Okay, good. Good. All right, so like I said, uh, Sire, I left blank. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. All right, so uh, mental's my primary. Mental. Mm -hmm. Another mental I character. I know, it's weird. I, I usually, I'm a little like you. I usually like to make characters who can kind of fuck shit up, but uh, mm -hmm. I guess whenever I play vampire, I just want to... <laughs> you want to play mage, yeah, I get it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I play these like metaphysical mental vampires. It's kind of funny. Because <laughs> your last character you played was, was a metaphysical mental vampire. It's a salubri. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyway, so I have four dots in perception. Damn. And four dots in wits. What? Wits. Wits. Uh, which gives me specialties. So perception, I have insightful. Uh-huh. And wits, I have changes in strategy. What does that mean? I interpret it to mean that I can think on my feet and I can pivot really, really fast. So Mentally. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's uh, hard to catch me off my guard, basically. Like if I was trying to... It's like um, you couldn't get caught in a lie. Yeah. Or even if I was trying to like bluff my way into a club or something and they, they you know, wasn't working, I could just immediately come up with some other strategy like on the spot. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Look over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Look over there. Yeah. <laughs> or just punch the guy in the stomach. <laughs> Anyway, but that does leave me two dots in intelligence. I'm not much of a, uh, that's average, but I'm not yeah. much of a, like, you know, book, bookworm You're not an intelligence guy. one doofus. Like no, Aaron I'm not a doofus, but right. <laughs> I'm not a himbo. Oh, but, uh, dreamy. <laughs> sweet himbos. But, um, we'll protect them at all costs. <laughs> what? The himbos will save us all. That's true. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not like a, a I'm not a learned man. <laughs> I rely on my uh, on my wits. On your wits. On my wits and my my ability to read the room, basically. Yeah, you have like a high emotional intelligence. <laughs> a high not, emotional intelligence. Not a high like academic intelligence. And I feel or, like or strategic, logical, maybe. Um, I think it's definitely strategic. Yeah, it can be. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, but not but not in like a not in like you know oh, this is just like uh, Hannibal's uh, maneuver at the Battle of Lake Trezamine. You know, it's like that yeah. kind of thing. Okay. Um, I think that, yeah, I can read the room and I can figure out what's going on to such an extent that it almost bleeds over into my mediumship. Where mm-hmm. it's like sometimes even without talking to the spirit realm, it can seem like I'm party to information that like I shouldn't know. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's your classic Agatha Christie detective kind of thing. Like a Poirot thing. Yeah, exactly. We should probably watch some of those just it, so I can get into that mindset. But dude, you're already there, man. I don't, you don't have to I don't worry know. about it. Just uh, there's no excuse to watch Poirot. You just watch it because you enjoy it. Poirot, you mean? Poirot. <laughs> Poirot. I'm dumb. No, you're not. Please have mercy. <laughs> have mercy. Poirot. 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 I did not study French or France. In high school. You are a disgrace to your name. I am not. All right. So I don't then, know why I was named this. Don't ask me why. I don't why. have any French in my family. <laughs> we have Basque, but that's it. Like, that's the closest to France. That's the closest to France. Um, okay. So, Poirot. Mm-hmm. Po- Poirot. 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 Yes. I think I said it right before. You said Poirot. Anyway, moving on. So, secondary is social. I put three dots in charisma and three dots in manipulation. Um, just because, you know, I think that that would mm-hmm. help with yeah, investigations. Definitely. That leaves two dots in appearance, average appearance. My sort of mental image mm-hmm. of this guy is Fred Ward circa 1990. So if you've seen Tremors, if you've seen uh, Cast a Deadly Spell. Well, first of all, if you've seen Cast a Deadly Spell, I'm, I'm very sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry you saw that. But we, that's we basically that that's basically all of. I mean, that's David's character, and so yeah. I've been attempting to create something. Plus, he was in he was in another. Uh, oh, he was in um, Henry and June. Henry and June, yeah. yeah, where he played Henry. Henry Miller. Miller, Miller yeah. yeah. Um. So 
around the same time. So yeah, but uh, he, had, he was balding and didn't look right. Yeah, so. he shaved his head. Right. But if he had a hat on, anyway. Yeah. So saying all that to say <laughs> that I'm trying to create something where you can see a visual representation of these characters. It's going to take a little longer because, as mm. you know, the perpetual thorn on my side is Obsidian Portal. Um, because I just have a freebie account, and they've decided to make all these other things exclusive. We're looking. We're looking at other options for that. Well, so no, I'm. We'll see. I've already created another option for it. So if anything, oh. I'm just gonna like make something and share it with people, Ooh. and I'll create a link, and you all can oh, look at it. Oh, I, I get you. Because I, I just you. I am one of your famous uh, character character. Uh, what would you even call those? I don't even know. It's not exactly a mood board. It's, it's like not a family a tree. Character it's, board, I guess. It's like a character tree character in some tree. ways. Yeah, but yeah. it's not going to reveal a whole lot. It's just, if anything, it's just going to be like a, a journal of characters. So mm-hmm. if you have a question like, oh, I wonder what so-and-so looks like, then you can just look mm-hmm. it up and go, oh, cool. So yeah, And as you know, I'm also looking at uh, World Anvil to create an umbrella wiki for all of our nightlife chronicles and then little specific campaign wikis underneath that so that might that might be a thing i don't know we'll see we'll see but okay cool um so that's his social great and then obviously physical is tertiary i just went with two two and two average average across the board so great okay so then that takes us down to abilities is this two is this two in the weeds should i should i move it along no no okay you know me i want to get all of this stuff you know, on. I just, yeah, on record. Dude, these are long sessions. Like, <laughs> this is long form, yeah. We, this is a place for us to enjoy ourselves and mm-hmm. to have fun talking about our characters. Okay, cool. So for uh, a talents, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at all the numbers of dots. I believe I went with primary for talents. Mm-hmm. So, because uh, there's just a lot of sort of you PI. Can put, you can put the notable ones, like the things that have more okay. than two dots, like that kind of stuff. Oh, well, that's not very many. Oh, uh, well. Oh, it's fine, it's fine. So, um, no, 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 do all of them. Actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do all of them. Um, so yeah, so this, this one tends to have the most PI uh, adjacent um, abilities. So, okay. three dots in alertness, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I'm rolling a fat seven dice pool what? on any kind of perception roll. Damn. One dot in athletics. I'm picturing him as like, you know, svelte. You know, he's got an average strength. So, he's not like, well, he's not like swole. Well, but, when was he embraced? Like, we have to talk about this. We'll get like, to that. in terms of the time period, what he was able to eat, how he grew up, all okay. of those things would contribute to his, like, how old does he look? Like, all that other kind of stuff. So, yeah. but I think a two covers covers it because you're just, it's not, you're a well nourished man. Yes. And you were a well nourished man when you were. I was embraced. embraced at age 40. Right. Which is typical of the Giovanni. Exactly. So, later, later embrace. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you had, you know, there weren't any new. Nutritional deficits or physical deficits that that impeded your growth. Right, it was probably on the not track and field team in high school. I'm not sure. And, you know that kind of. You thing. think you went to high school? Yeah, I do. When were you? What? Okay, okay. We'll get into that. So I'm a Los Angeles native. They had high schools in Los Angeles. It's not like I lived out on a farm or something. You know, I'm a, I'm I'm a city ass- boy. I'm not assuming anything. There's, I know nothing about your character. You realize, like everybody. You How dare know. you? How dare you? Everyone, <laughs> this is our first session. I know nothing of his character, so that's why I'm surprised. And this happened to the last, <laughs> the last one. You're like, I'm like this, and I'm like, what the fuck? And you're like, does this change everything? I'm like, yes. Oh, that's like, right. I remember yeah. that. But yeah. that ended up creating this really great, mm-hmm. and we just went with it because that's that's how we roll. Good. So, moving on. Okay, so that was one dot in athletics. 
Three dots and awareness, obviously, yes. as, a, as a medium. I have to be right. aware of my uh-huh. supernatural surroundings. Mm-hmm. Two, do- two dots and brawl, you know. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he's mm-hmm. a... One, two. He's a guy who grew up in the late 1800s. He learned how to, how to fight. Yeah. Um, and then one dot and empathy, just, again, as a sort of investigative, emotional intelligence kind of thing, right. you know. Right. One dot and intimidation, if the empathy doesn't work. Yes. Three dots and streetwise. Okay. And two dots in subterfuge. Right. Okay. Then secondary was knowledges. Yeah. Um, so uh, one dot in finance, just because, you know, he's kind of got to look after himself. Right. And, you know, well, like. You run your own little business. Run right? my own business. Mm-hmm. And also, again, like with oh, most Giovanni, you know, it's like you spend some time as a ghoul first and you're kind of helping out the the family, so to speak. So, yeah. you know. Uh, three dots in investigation, obviously. Two dots in law, I guess, would be the one place he is kind of well read. Yeah. Just knows knows the law so that mm-hmm. he knows how to break it, basically. Right, right. And three dots in occult. Okay, what does that encounter, like, in, entail your uh, necromancy, necromantic leanings? It Well, yeah, it does actually. I have to roll occult when I try to activate my, my magic. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's see, what does it say here in the book? You are knowledgeable in occult areas such as mysticism, curses, magic, folklore, and particularly vampire lore. Unlike most other knowledges, occult does not imply a command of hard facts. Much of what you know may well be rumor, myth, speculation, or hearsay. However, the secrets to be learned from in this field are worth centuries of sifting legend from fact. Hmm. High levels of occult employ, imply a deep understanding of vampire lore, as well as a good grounding in other aspects of the occult. At the very least, you can discern what is patently false. So, uh, three dots represent you've heard a lot and have actually seen a little for yourself. Oh, okay. We can get, we can get into that mm-hmm. at some point. And then uh, tertiary was skills. I took one dot in drive, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, one dot in etiquette. One dot in firearms. Two dots in larceny for that breaking and entering. Mm-hmm. And one dot in stealth. Okay. All right. Any other things you need to know? About abilities? No. Okay. Yeah, I don't don't have any specialties or anything. All so right. moving on. Mm-hmm. Disciplines. Yes. Okay, so Giovanni have three clan disciplines. Yeah. Dominate, necromancy, and potence. Right. Now, I made a controversial choice here. Oh man. <laughs> what is it? Well, I just fortitude would be one thing. Right. But I don't have fortitude. Right. Potence, I'm like, eh, I have a strength of two. Like, do I really need to be, like, boosting my strength? Am I really going to be, like, beating shit out of people with baseball bats? I don't think so. Not that often. I guess not. (laughs) Not at first. Okay. So I ignored potence. And I put two dots into dominate and two dots into necromancy. Okay. What does that give you? What does that mean? What does that mean for your weekend? Exactly. So let's go to Dominate, which is, let's see, that's animalism. Don't want that. Celerity. Okay. Dementation. Dominate. Okay. Two dots. That That is page 152. And so with two dots, I can command and I can mesmerize. What? Mm hmm. Okay. This will be interesting for you. Yeah. To be 
<laughs> dealing with dominate from a you know reactive rather than proactive uh, perspective. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, normally I'm the one as a storyteller working dominate on your characters. <laughs> you know, like you're trying to dodge dominate. <laughs> that is true. Whereas my characters are here going dominate, dominate, dominate. Yep, yep, yep. Um. Anyway, so command is um, just, you know, pretty simple, straightforward. Yeah, you lock eyes with the subject and speak a one word, and then the subject must obey immediately. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then um, that's manipulation and intimidation. Yes. So, so then, and then mesmerize. Be, yeah. That would be four, four. four dice. That's not bad. Not too bad. Um, and then mesmerize, you can verbally implant a false thought or hypnotic suggestion in the, in the subject's subconscious mind mm-hmm. which Aaron but the had. kindred and target must be free from distraction mm-hmm. requires intense concentration mm-hmm. oh i just saw their manipulation plus leadership so i should probably yeah. move you know i think i'm going to move a dot out of empathy and into leadership oh there we go okay okay so anyway it's not a super strong discipline for me okay. obviously because yeah. i don't i don't have a lot of dice right, to play right. with there yeah. but it's something, it's like a backup, mm-hmm. you know, that I can try. Okay, so, cool. <clears throat> okay, so then necromancy, that's obviously, right. that's obviously the big cheese right there. Mm, it's definitely special. Mm hmm. <laughs> it's so fucking special. You know what? So, <laughs> all right, so I, I took, about that. so there's multiple paths. What page are you on? 160. Okay. There's multiple paths within necromancy. I went with the classic. Uh, you know, starter set, which is the sepulcher, sepulcher Sep- path, sepulcher. sepulcher, the sepultura path, which no, is the sepulcher path. <laughs> My goodness. Wait, I'm going to look this up to see you actually, because I, I pronounce it sepulcher. Sepulcher. No, you're right. I, I no, you don't even need to look it up. I just, I tripped over the pronunciation because it's like, it's Poirot? two, it's two P sounds in a row. Sepulcher path, which is very weird. Oh, sepulcher path. Yeah. Se- sepulcher path. No, just sepulcher path. <laughs> Madame sepulcher path. Poirot. Poirot and Madame sepulcher path. <laughs> okay, right, so, so you have how many dots? I have two dots. So witness of death is, is dot one, and then summon soul is dot, dot two. two. So it looks like witness of death. Witness of you death. You must perceive the dead, attuning to unliving senses to the presence of the incorporeal. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm fine with that. You're That's excited. fine. Is it good? Yeah. Ghosts resent being spied, up, spied upon. Yeah. No, they don't like and it. And more man. powerful shades may use their own powers to inflict their displeasure on the incautious. Yeah. So, like, what are you looking at? That kind of thing. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's like how we act in our own home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Why are you looking at me? Why are you smiling? <laughs> <laughs> you were the ghost in that situation. <laughs> Why is this person smiling? Is it because of me? <laughs> All right. So summon soul allows a necromancer to call a ghost back from the underworld for conversational purposes only. Oh, mm-hmm. what? No boning. No boning allowed. In order to perform this feat, the vampire must meet certain conditions. So you must know the name of the wraith. Yep. Through an image of the wraith obtained via witness of death. So somebody mm. has to have you seen it. So I have to know their name or have, have seen, seen them by a witness of death. Shroud site oh. or or aspect or other yeah so basically it's just saying you have to you either to know their them. name yeah. or okay. or see them got it got it and then and then the object with which the wraith had some contact in life must be in the vicinity 
though it need not be something of significant importance to the ghost living consciousness. So a piece of the ghost, <laughs> ghost corpse. corpse works well for this purpose and even provides a minus one difficulty <sighs> modifier. Sweet. Oh my God. I'm just thinking about all the things <laughs> that happened with certain people in certain situations and certain chronicles. And uh-huh. I'm like, you had, okay. So a certain ghosts cannot be summoned. Vampires who achieve Golconda before their final death. Hey, that that answers your question from yesterday. You're like, can vampires become wraiths? This would seem to indicate they can. They can. But, but if you've achieved Golconda, you cannot be summoned. Or who were diablerized or beyond the reach of the summons. Damn. Oh, damn. Dude, diablerize. Likewise, many ghosts of the dead cannot be called. They're destroyed. Yep. Unable get, to return to the mortal plane or lost down in the internal into storm. Into oblivion. Ergo, the subtitle of Wraith, colon, The Oblivion. Yes, we know. <laughs> well established. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we, we get it. All right, cool. Anyway, so that's manipulation plus occult, so. Great. And cool. uh, Shroud Sight is perception plus awareness, so you, I have. You have Shroud Sight? Or not Shroud Sight, sorry. Um, witness witness of, death. of death. So those are both pretty decent pools for me. Um, and then I also got one, parentheses, numeral one, ritual. One ritual? Yeah. Where is that? What page is that on? Those are, I believe, at the end here. Necromantic Rituals, page 177. 177. And so I took Insight. This ritual allows a necromancer to stare into the eyes of a corpse and see reflected there the last thing the dead man witnessed. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You picked Insight. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's a couple level one rituals. Mm -hmm. Um... The power cannot be used. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, we know. Okay. Let me, I'm just highlighting some things in the book here oh, so okay. that I can. So, insight, insight. This ritual allows a necromancer to stare into the eyes of a corpse and see reflected there the last thing the dead man witnessed. The vision appears only in the eyes of the cadaver and is visible to no one except the necromancer using insight. Ugh, the player rolls <laughs> as normal <laughs> as the vampire stares into the target's eyes for five minutes. Do you need five minutes to do this? Mm-hmm. The number of successes... Okay, so the power can't be used on those with who reached Golconda or where the eyes are missing or advanced decomposition has already occurred. Gross. So this needs... <laughs> gross. <laughs> we're pl- Ma'am, we're playing vampire. <laughs> All right, so I think... Um, yeah, okay, cool. Well, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Five successes, full sensory perception of the hour leading up to the target's death. That's crazy. Good luck. Anyway, it's intelligence plus occult, so not my strongest uh, suit. Well, then why did you pick that one? Well, that's all. That's all necromantic rituals are intelligence. Are intelligence? Occult. Yeah. Oh, I see that. Now. It's five dice, you know. Well, you can increase your occult. Oh yeah, point. for sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So those are my disciplines. Cool. Mm-hmm. Where else are we going on this character sheet? I should have put. I had one in front of me in order to. That's fine. I'm just going in order. I'm just going down the sheet. Right, I know, but I wish I had the sheet in front of me so that I could be like, oh, okay. What are you trying to say? You're trying to say I'm not doing a good job? No, I'm saying I'm not doing a good job. <laughs> All right, so under backgrounds. Yeah. I took three dots in contacts, obviously. Okay. So um, this is... You know people all over the city. When you start making phone calls around your network, the amount of information you can dig up is impressive. Rather than friends you can rely on to help you like allies... Contacts are largely people whom you can bribe, manipulate, or coerce into giving Mm. information. Mm. You also have a few major contacts, associates who can give you accurate information in their fields of expertise. You should describe each major contact in some detail before the game begins. 
In addition to your major contacts, you also have a number of minor contacts spread throughout the city. Your major contact might be in the district attorney's office, while your minor contacts might include beat cops, DMV clerks, club bouncers, or members of an online social network. One of those. Oh. Uh, You don't need to detail these various passing acquaintances before play. Instead, to successfully get in touch with a minor contact, you should roll your contacts rating difficulty 7. You can reach one minor contact for each success. Of course, you still have to convince them to give you the information you need, assuming they can get it. Hmm. Okay, so I took three dots in contacts. Wow. So that gives me three major contacts. So we need to figure out who those people are. I don't know if there's a spot on my super deluxe character sheet here for that. Probably. It probably is. It's six pages. So. Yeah, it's pretty long. That's, I don't know. It's kind of an abomination. <laughs> to you, baby. So... The three contacts, I think we can develop them over time. Mm-hmm. The contacts may well, or may not have your best interest at heart. I mean, yeah. they're just contacts. I mean, contacts. the rule book does specifically say that you should work out the contacts before the game starts. Just well, do you, have, do you have ideas? No, I have no ideas. So whatsoever. don't throw that back in my face. <laughs> 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 I thank you to not throw that in my <laughs> thank face. Thank you to not throw that in my face. Well, I think in terms of contacts... You know, we'll we'll figure it out. I think we will figure it out That's in the prelude. As yeah. we get more questions answered, we'll That's fine. we'll get in it. We'll get into it. Yes, and it does say the major contacts can give me accurate information in their fields of expertise. So the in mi- their fields of expertise, but they may not have your best interest at heart. That's all I'm saying. It's possible. It's possible. Okay, I took one dot in domain. Okay. Physical territory to which your character controls access for the purpose of feeding. Some kindred refer to their domain as hunting grounds. Most jealously guard their domains, even invoking the tradition of the same name to protect their claims. But that's like in a Camarilla setting like this is. Like this is. <laughs> like this is very Camarilla. It is. At as first. part of this background, the character's claim to the domain is recognized by the prince or some other kindred authority in the city where it is located. The kindred also claims the domain can't who claims the domain can't keep the living inhabitants from going about their business, nor does she exercise any direct influence over them, but she can keep watch herself and mind their comings and goings. She can also have allies or retainers specifically look for unfamiliar vampires, alert her when they find some domain refers specifically to the geography. In most cases, a neighborhood or street and properties on it, as opposed to the people who may dwell there, which is the emphasis of herd domain plays an important part in kindred society. Vampires who lack significant domain seldom earn respect but it isn't an automatic entitlement or status among the damned. You may designate one or more dots in domain to increase the security of your character's territory rather than its size. I don't know. All right. So I took one dot because one dot is a single small building. Okay. Right. So that's like your office workspace. It's, it's basically, it's basically, it's, it's, it is my haven, but it's the entire building in which my office would be located. Do you live in an apartment then? Like it's like a, people have their offices and living spaces in the same building? Like one Probably. of those places? I'm thinking it's in Bunker Hill. Yeah. You know? Okay, again. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you mean again? Oh, That's because of said. 13 That's Candles. That's what we said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. Small. It's like an apartment building. Mm-hmm. And it's people have offices and living spaces. Or is it just offices and you happen to live in your office? Like you have a little pull-out couch and right, I mean, right. but how are you managing that? Like, I think I think it is just offices. Okay. And 
That that like way, a, I have the place kind of to myself at night, you know. Yeah. Right. Okay. And but we're getting into. We got to get into your haven. Well, we can elaborate on that in a second. But. Okay. All right. So yeah. Anyway, we'll get back to that. Okay. Uh, I took two dots in generation. Okay. Um, I'm sure I had a reason for that, but I don't remember now. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So that makes me eleventh generation. Okay. Great. Eleventh. Yep. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's a choice. 11, 12. So I have 12. Uh, 12 blood pool. You can yeah. spend one blood point per turn. Oh, my goodness. And. Good luck to you. Thank you. One dot in resources. Okay. Valuable goods whose disposition your character controls. Maybe actual cash. And other uh, investments. And then. Resources for vampires go mostly to pay for luxuries and the associated expenses of developing and maintaining status, influence, and other backgrounds. Character with no dots and resources may have enough clothing and supplies to get by, or she may be destitute and squatting in a refrigerator box under an overpass. Hmm. You receive a basic allowance each month based on your rating, so be certain to detail exactly where this money comes from, be it a job, trust fund, or dividends. Uh, Kindred's fortune may well run out over the course of the Chronicle, depending on how well he maintains it. Yeah. You can also sell Who's your... Account? Keeping track of a vampire's money, like unless it's like a part of the storyline, like. Well, yeah, you can also sell your less liquid resources if you need the cash. But this can take weeks or even months. It's true. Art, buy- art buyers don't just pop out of the woodwork after all. Nope. All right, so I, I took one dot in resources, so that's okay. sufficient. Yeah. You can maintain a typical residence in the style of working class with stability, even if spending sprees come seldom. Great. Yeah. Good. So, and that's obviously just the income from my, you know. Service, private investigative service. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, so that's all my backgrounds. And then um, conscience and self control. What's that? Are my human? I'm on the path of humanity. Okay. So I have, I have six, six dots in humanity. Oh. Mm hmm. Okay. I have a conscience of two. Oh. Self-control of four. Oh, you lucky bastard. And a courage of four. Damn, that's mm-hmm. good. Four points of willpower. Cool. I want to buy that up Yeah, I think soon. you might want to. And. Yes. Okay, so that's that's page one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, we talked about specialties. <laughs> or as it says on the, on the sheet here, especialities. Oh, no. I think it was originally a Spanish language sheet. Do you have specialties? Um, yes, uh, just for the perception and wits, as we as we oh, discussed. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's find that. And then um, for merits and flaws. Uh huh. Yeah, I have some fun stuff in there. I, I remember. Do indeed. All right. So I have two social and one supernatural merit. Okay. All right, so where is it? <laughs> this chapter's not organized very well. There's the social. Okay. All right, so former ghoul. Wait, what page is this on? 487. Okay. So former ghoul. Yeah. Obviously, coming from the Giovanni. Mm-hmm. You were introduced to the blood long before you were made kindred. Your long experience as a ghoul gives you insight into and comfort with 
vampiric society. You are at minus one difficulty on all social roles when in the presence of other neonates, particularly those who haven't been educated by their sires, and have a minus one difficulty on all roles relating to vampiric knowledge. Okay, cool. Okay. And then I also took Lawman's Friend. Oh. For whatever reason, maybe your winning smile or perhaps just your superb groveling technique, the local sheriff, and that's capital S sheriff as in Camarilla, in charge of discipline, likes you. He's inclined to overlook your minor trespasses and let you in on things you're not supposed to know about. He even gives you warnings about occasional crackdowns and times when the higher-ups aren't feeling generous. Hmm. Of course, abusing this connection might well turn a friendly vampire into an enemy, and the change might not be apparent until it is too late. Oh, that's intriguing. Mm-hmm. All right. And then... Uh, where are the supernatural ones? Oh, man. Anyway, I have the merit that gives my character his nickname. Mm-hmm. Lucky. That's right. You were born lucky, or else the devil looks after his own. Either way, you may repeat any three failed rolls per story, <laughs> including botches, but you may only try once per failed roll. So there you go. Try once per failed roll. So in other words, I have three re-rolls, but right. I, I can't just blow all three on a single attempt of something. Oh, so right. yeah. So if you're like, oh, I want to re-roll for perception, can I do it again? You're mm-hmm. like, no. You just do it once. You just get the one re-roll, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. per thing. And you're like, okay, I'm going to try something else. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Cool. Yes. All right. So then over to flaws. Okay. All right. So my first flaw is tied in with my Giovanni clan Mm. weakness, which is, um, what is it called? Excruciating Excruciating kiss. Excruciating kiss. Uh, Which causes double damage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from mm-hmm. from my bite apparently, but also just uh, is extremely uncomfortable. It's not it's right. not a pleasant experience mm-hmm. for the mortal who's being fed on. That's right. And so uh, knowing that it's both kind of a uh, kind of a hassle <laughs> to try and feed off of somebody who is who is uh, screaming. You know, it, it makes it difficult to do it. Uh, in a subtle way, yeah, and uh, is also very disturbing. Yeah, and it it's something that, yeah, the person might die of shock or agony before they mm-hmm. are killed. Yeah, or um, or, or uh, exang- exanguinated. 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 Yes. So you do twice as much damage as the kiss of another vampire would inflict. Yeah, I know. If you take one point from a mortal vessel, the victim could suffer two health levels of damage. Mm-hmm. So. so, in order to get around that, yeah, Lucky began injecting his victims with morphine mm. prior to feeding off of them. Okay. Which works, but unfortunately, it puts morphine in their bloodstream, which he then ingests. Yeah. So, he has developed an addiction. Oh. So, the uh, addiction, the substance must be present in the blood you drink, or you automatically frenzy. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, who's your supplier for morphine? Well, maybe that's one of my contacts. And I think that would Ooh. have to be. All right. So, cool. 
Um, which, again, I wasn't seeing a section for context. Uh-huh. On your beloved sheet my that's beloved, like six pages long. My 18-page character sheet. Yes, yes. Reputation. No. Achievements and disgraces. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> Hold on, let me just jot down this disgrace. That's <laughs> what I do on a daily from. basis. <laughs> <laughs> All well, right. while you're looking for that, okay, what, mm. what's the other, what are the other things? Yeah, that's neat. Okay. There are a lot of good things on here. So anyway, so that's addiction. <laughs> so one of my contacts is my, my We'll supplier. call them the pharmacist. The pharmacist. Oh, there you go. Okay. This substance always impairs you in some fashion. See poisons and drugs, page 301. Wait, 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 wait. It gives you what? It always impairs you in some fashion. Oh, yeah. Dude. Well, I already have an idea for that. The vampire subtracts two from dexterity and all ability dice pools for 10 minus stamina minutes and experiences a dreamlike state for 12 minus stamina hours. With morphine or like an opiate? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking there also needs to be, depending on how many blood points you take, that we're going to kick it into blackout. Sure. So we would have you roll to see if you blackout. That's fine. <laughs> Difficulties of frenzy rolls are also increased by one. Noise. Okay, so that's... Flaw number one. So then that ties in with flaw number two, hmm. which is in terms of who is he feeding off of? Oh, huh, that's a good question. Why was he why was he so disturbed by the screams of his victims? You know? Yeah, that's a really good question. Like, I mean, he's you know, he's he's humanity six, which is not horrible, but you know, at the same time, like um so he has the flaw, which we can just get to it here, of thirst for innocence. That sounded really... Why did you say it like that? Thirst for innocence. Don't do that. The sight of innocence. <laughs> Go on. The sight of innocence of any sort arouses in you a terrible bloodlust. Roll self-control. Oh, that's nasty. Roll self-control or else frenzy and attack the source of your hunger. Why did you do that? We're playing vampire. Ma'am, this is a vampire game. <laughs> You've turned the tables on me. I'm thinking it's something we can explore with the um, with the prelude. But I think it does come from some kind of idealized, you know, part of his mortal life. You know? But why does it make you want to drink blood? It got transmuted. During the embrace, you know, got warped. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. 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 We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, mm -hmm. we have the other element of this character concept, which we finally come to, which is sleeping with the enemy. Mm-hmm. And so that is... A three-point flaw. Yeah, it is. It's a big one. What <laughs> uh, I knew to myself. All right, so... <laughs> I've already created her. <laughs> good. <laughs> you know what? I decided I don't want that. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I guess what, guess what you're getting. You have some sort of intimate connection with a member of an opposing sect or inimical clan. You may have a lover, a child, a friend, or a contact working the other side of the fence, but regardless of politics, you retain a friendly or more than friendly relationship with your putative foe. Your close ties to someone on the other side would be regarded as treason by your superiors within the sect, 
And if you are discovered, the penalty will surely be death. Mm-hmm. So that's something we talked about oh, because yeah. another character concept I had was a cult leader. Yeah. Because there were a lot of cults in Los Angeles in the 1920s, apparently. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I'll split the difference. If I'm not going to make that character to play, I can still have that character yeah. in my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she's some kind, I don't know, you've got the details, so mm-hmm. I guess we'll establish that. Mm-hmm. But she's some kind of, um, yeah, like charismatic uh, cult leader, I suppose, or something along those lines. Yeah, right? something along those lines. Okay. So oh, that's that. Oh my <laughs> so that's the that. sounds. <laughs> the sounds. The sounds. All right. All right. So anyway, um, that is pretty much yeah everything. The mechanical side of things. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Great. Any questions? Oh, well, I have plenty. <laughs> but just to remind you, in terms of getting you into the Giovanni mood, um, just from the. The rule book and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called. What is, it, what is this called? What is that book called? A rule book. Core rule book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so with the, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't need to know these things. Um, so yes. So basically, the quote for Giovanni that they have in the book is, "You misunderstand the situation if you think you're important to me alive." Mm. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and then. Um, it's assumed that, you know, the clan progenitor, Augustus Giovanni, is still alive. <laughs> Can you yeah. imagine? Yeah, like, I don't want that bitch anywhere near my chronicle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, good thing he's back in Europe, most likely. Uh, that's what we think. Um, <laughs> God, a freaking asshole. But yeah, I hate that guy. Oh um, <laughs> so, but yeah, what I always like, I don't know, it's just me because it's the 20th anniversary edition, but I love the stereotypes that they have that yeah. each clan holds about yeah. the different uh, the different clans. Okay. So I can read through those really quickly. Go for it. I just like them. And yeah. I read them through, I tried to read them, I think I read them when I did Giovanni Chronicles just to oh, give okay. people like a general overview. Yeah. I think it was too much information. Oh, yeah. But I find it fun. Yeah. So, okay, so Giovanni, their stereotype about Asimites. Beware, as all the money in the world still cannot buy one passage back from the grave. Mm. Bruja, inexpensive allies or irascible enemies. <laughs> Followers of Set, dangerous relics diluted by a primitive grasp of what lies beyond the shroud. Mm. Gangrel, let them have their mud and misery. You know, it's take true. offense to that. No. It's true. <laughs> nah, mud and yeah. misery. <laughs> Uh, yeah, think about where Aaron is right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, La Sombra. Like us, they stand with one foot in the temporal world and one foot in the occult. Mm. Alcavian. Once they crumble to dust, they don't have to suffer their madness anymore. There you go. Nosferatu. Dead men do tell tales, and the sewer rats have so many tales to tell. <laughs> Ravnos. The kindred have forever to make of their fates what they will, and this is how they spend it? <laughs> <laughs> Toreador. How tragic is the kindred so desperately afraid of what she truly is or what they truly are? Oh, wow. Tremere, we don't enshrine, we don't enshrine the history that made us what we are. So why do they? Mm. My thoughts exactly. Damn. Uh, MTE, girl. MTE. <laughs> Shimashi. <laughs> Shimashi. The worm that feasts on its own flesh must eventually starve. That's some human centipede shit. 
All right. Ventrue. They often forget that Machiavelli worked in the wake of the Borgias and the Medicis. Hmm. That's a deep cut. <laughs> That's super deep. Uh, Caitiff, without knowing their origins, what can they possibly amount to? Damn. Camarilla and Sabbat, let them have their endless war. For if we grow rich by selling each side what it needs to continue the effort. <laughs> um, and then Anarchs, until they build something of lasting import, they are the ugliest of the sisters. Oh, shit. So what the hell, man? So they're just happy being independent douchebags? They're independents. Just independent douches. Sounds like they're most uh, sympathetic to the Lissambra, though. Yeah, like that that's like, oh, like, okay, okay. I can respect you. You're just as powerful as me. Respect, respect. 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 Respect the, respect the La Sombra. Respect the La Sombra. Okay. Yeah. Gotta respect the La Sombra. Oh, you gotta respect them. Okay. So, all right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so let's get into the, let's get into the qualitative piece here. Okay. Unless you had any, any other questions, observations, thoughts about Caesar. No. Okay, lucky. Yeah. Lucky. Either way. So, yeah, let's do this. Okay. So you're saying you're you're a California native, Los Angeles native? Oh, I think Los Angeles native. Okay. Mm -hmm. When were you born? I was born in 1870. Okay. And all the way back. Where? (sighs) That's a good question. Oh my god. What? What? So what's your ancestry? Uh ancestry. I mean, you know, what is ancestry really? <laughs> no, he's he's um hold on. <laughs> I know you don't want my phone now. Wait, so you have eighteen seven zero or yeah. eighteen okay. Eighteen seven zero. Not 1817. (laughs) I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me just double check something here. I mean, I had all these things in my head. So, do you, you, are you in Southern California, Northern California? Uh, I mean, if I'm a Los Angeles native, I was born in Los Angeles. You know, I mean, that's, that's that, right? No, because Los Angeles didn't exist. Sure it did. Girl, all right. (laughs) Let's get, we'll get into it. Let's get into this. We're going there. All right. All right. Los Angeles was established. The Pueblo mm-hmm. was the established. Pueblo. The Pueblo. Oh, you're right. The Pueblo was established September 4th, 1781. So what? What are you going to say? We played Zorro, where I <laughs> yeah. repeatedly mentioned Look, Los Angeles. There was a lot going on, and that was like five years ago, so don't, please don't. And so the city status, it was incorporated in 1850. So yeah, so you're part of this very young city. Mm-hmm. Um, the city status was established in 1835, incorporated in 1850, named for Our Lady Queen of the Angels. Mm-hmm. So with that being said... Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into it. So we'll have Los Angeles proper. Yeah. Um, let's see. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> just a little Warner Brothers. Just, uh... Okay. So I'm thinking that what area, like, so you were born there. So what was your family like? What were you born into? 
Okay. Was it a uh, Spanish? It's Spanish, obviously Spanish derived. Spanish ancestry. derived. Hispanic, His, if you will. Quote, Hispanic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Spanish speaking. Yes. Oh, can you? You can speak Spanish. I guess. I mean, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't spend any dots on it or whatever. But no. Um, why should you? We we don't have to spend dots when we're like we can speak English. <laughs> well, I well, I mean, you don't have to speak dots for your native tongue. But in terms of being bilingual, I don't know if you have you to know spend what? dots or F not. It. F it. I All right. Care. F it. No, you right. no, you were raised with both. Okay. I don't think you should be penalized for the fact that you're bilingual. You should. That should be a strength. So whatever. That's nonsense. Good. So all right. Great. Excellent. Um, so was your mother Mexican or your father Mexican? Because there was probably Mexican heritage. Oh, you know. definitely Mexican heritage. Yeah. Although apparently Berganza, I'm just doing some Googling here. How apparently, do you spell it? Apparently Berganza, B-E-R-G-A-N-Z-A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is the, um, it is most commonly found in Guatemala. Interesting. Yes. Um, but that isn't to say it isn't found other places as well. And so, <clears throat> yeah, I think... Hmm. I think probably we'll say that my mother mm-hmm. was from Mexico mm-hmm. and my father was like maybe second generation Angelino, right? Wow. Like his, his grandparents, uh, you know, settled in the Los Angeles from where? Area. What is their what's their ancestry? Let's say mm, You have his last name. Yeah, I do. I'm kind of cycling through some ideas here. Grandfather. Let's say um you know, actually let's say that he was Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um Hmm. Yeah. So he was Spanish and he is <laughs> like getting like really overly detailed. No. So he was he was Spanish. Fun. He uh fought on the side of Spain during the Mexican War of Independence. Okay. And but then it actually liked, you know, this part of the world so much yeah. that after he mustered out of the army he emigrated back to Mexico, the new country of Mexico, mm-hmm. and um, settled in Los Angeles, which was part of Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, and so there you go. I met your mom. And then, well, the, and then that was my grandfather. Oh, your grandmother. And then, yeah, I met my grandmother. Maybe brought her over. Who knows? Right. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then my father was born in Los Angeles, and then met my mother, who, you know, however they met, mm-hmm. right. Maybe he had to go to Mexico for business or school mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. or maybe she was up mm-hmm. there for some reason, you know, whatever. Their paths crossed. They got married. Mm-hmm. I'm born in Los Angeles when it's still this, like, rinky-dink little Pueblo kind of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, arrangement. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I grew up, up there. I grew up in Los Angeles. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, you were... Basically, like basically where like Olvera Street is today mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. where you grew up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. And Olvera Street. Oh, wait. 
Yeah, so Olvera Street was um, established in 1877. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. So part of it is like, like at this point in time, like how it is now, at least where we started in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Um, it really was a turning into shit. Like it was basically not in any way being cared for, depending on the year in the 1920s where oh, we start. Oh, really? Because it only started being restored in 1926. <laughs> right. So people are like, oh, we got to preserve this. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's getting pretty run down, but it was the previous place where you lived, mm-hmm. but you probably hadn't lived there for many years. <laughs> I was born there before it was even a street. Exactly. It was just a, it was just a, a trail. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you were born there like seven years before it was like, oh, this is Alvera Street. Yeah. yeah so it was right. a path. It was a footpath probably. <laughs> Like or a very heavily tread yeah. footpath, right? Right. right. Um, and so, yeah, interesting. Okay, so what? I have to reread Decline of the Californios. That's right. But yeah, that's the thing is that I would have been born in the 1870s, so I would have been growing up. You know, let's see, 25, 30 years after the, uh, you know, American, the U.S. annexation of California. 20 years after statehood, um, you know, so a generation after the gold rush. So, I mean, it was, you know, Los Angeles was not a major city no. by that point, but it was, it was like anglicized. It was anglicizing, you yeah, know, it was in the process of g- turning into yeah. a more established city. Exactly. Like with paved streets. You would have had Anglos and Hispanics kind of mixing. Absolutely. You know, yeah, so. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, so so where you lived, so that was where you lived, and then you grew up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like you know, I, I selected skills, abilities, whatever, um, with an eye towards that. That you know, I definitely, <clears throat> I think you know, as an American citizen, I was benefiting from some aspects of the, you know, uh, public education and that kind of thing that was going on. But um, I was also, you know, growing up somewhat poor, I think. Yeah. And just, you know, this this kid, you know, like out on the streets, basically. Yeah. Right. Like not on like literally, but, you know, no, just kind of spending a lot of time, you know, on this, you know, just hanging out. And what um, were you doing? Did you do like little odd jobs and stuff? Probably doing odd jobs, getting in a little bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. Did you, you have know. any siblings? <sighs> I don't think so. Really? Your parents, that is very strange for that time period. Yeah, so probably my mother had some kind of um, difficulty with her pregnancy that prevented her from having any more children. Was she sad about this? Definitely. Okay, so what did you do to kind of like, how did you respond to that? I mean, you didn't mind getting in trouble and like causing your mom grief or like... Well, that's the thing is that I always made sure I didn't get in too much trouble. Mm -hmm. And... um, I think it also just made me hyper aware of, you know, like the importance of family because she was always talking about it. And I probably had a lot of cousins. Yeah. You know. Were you, she's super protective. Aunts, uncles, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's probably one of those, (laughs) those kids who's dressed in like flouncy skirts until I was like five years old, you know, and there's like Mm -hmm. daguerreotypes, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) from the photo studio. Uh Um, so, uh, yeah, but, you know, I, I kind of tried to try to toe the line as best I could between impressing my, my social, you know, peer group, mm-hmm. you know, and like fitting in with them 
but like not getting into too much trouble out of um, concern for her. What was your relationship with your dad, though? <sighs> so I think my dad was probably, let's see, living on Vera Street. Let's say, um, let's say as a little ode to my, my last character. Mm-hmm. I'll say he was a uh, barber. Mm-hmm. So he had, you know, used uh, straight razors and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I probably okay. still have like one of his straight razors, mm-hmm. you know, as like a family heirloom. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, unlike Charlotte, I don't use it for right. feeding purposes. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, he was a barber. So he worked, he worked hard. I probably helped him out around the shop, you know, quite a bit. And um, I think it was emotionally distant, but he was a real teller of stories. Mm-hmm. And so I would just sit probably the beginning of my chameleon nature and my perception and all that kind of stuff came from just sitting at the barbershop mm-hmm. and listening to him tell these stories and then listening to other people tell their stories and you know it was like this sort of crossroads kind of mm-hmm. place where people from all you know walks of life and all over the yeah, place would come and go also people who were living in Elvera Street at the time like there was an influx of of immigrants or I would say not well immigrants but um settlers who were coming mm. in from the southern states oh so okay. people from Texas mm. Florida yeah. Louisiana like there was like an L on top of the Mexican, you know, established population there. Right. There was also all these like southern white southerners and mm. I'm sure other all different types of peeps coming in. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. From for all sure. different walks of life. Yeah. From the South. Okay, interesting. So yeah, so I probably even like developed a I didn't really Let's see, did I take any, I didn't take anything in expression. No. So I developed, I, yeah, I just developed this way of, you know, listening and observing, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I was probably like one of those kids where I was like, how do you know that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I just say these things, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, who told you that? I was like, nobody told me that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Just figured it out or I heard it. Yeah. You know. Okay. And so, okay, so moving into your adolescence. So mm-hmm. as you were growing up, did you get to go to school? Like, Right. So I think, um, like I said, I probably uh, was able to attend at least a one-room schoolhouse kind mm-hmm. of situation mm-hmm. until I was, you know, 13, uh, in, at which point, you know, there would have been a... You know, see, I don't know if L.A. even had a high school in the 1880s. Um, If not, you know, it would have been a situation where I would have been had to sent off to boarding school. So, um, okay, we'll find out here in a moment Uh (laughs) with the power of the Internet. Okay, yeah. I mean, it was established in 1890, so it was Mm. past your ability to. So I uh, and you can forgive me if I'm not. But I'm thinking that you might have been sent to Mexico for school. Ooh, I'm into that. You know, sure. just for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. to, like, have that connection. I mean, if you're... Catholic school? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So, I think that there was probably some boarding schools in, in Mexico. Sure. That you were sent to, to go to school. 
Okay. So my parents were not terribly assimilative in terms of like American culture. It was such a it was such a, a gray time. I feel like mm-hmm. in terms of the culture that was being established in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and I feel like there right. was a lot of people who had like, in some ways, Mexico was like the old world yeah, in yeah. some ways, and so mm-hmm. sending you back to Mexico was way more established way more structure mm-hmm. than the wild west and maybe it's like where my dad went exactly right, right yeah so it's like i feel like like that's the thing like mexico has like museums and like all like mm-hmm. culture and all of these different things so i like i actually went to mexico city yeah probably. yeah yeah and that's where you were sent to school like you had like you know maybe you had great aunts and uncles down there oh yeah sure. that you would on my mom's side yeah that you would be staying with yeah and they're fairly established um, people, you know, so. Well, if I went to boarding school, I would have been staying with, uh, staying at the school probably. Well, but, but I'm just saying you'd have family who would visit you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And that I could visit on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I'm into it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then once you kind of got out of that, mm-hmm. probably like at 16 or something. Yeah. Maybe you were done with school. Right. Like, did you want to stay in school and continue to study, or what did you want to do? Um, so, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, mm, maybe when I'm in Mexico City, that's when I have my initial contacts with Giovanni, though. What do you think? Yeah. Do you have an idea for my sire? Do you have an idea for your sire? I got nothing. <laughs> Let me check something really quick here. Um... So I have I have a couple different ideas. You have some ideas. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have a couple different ideas. Excellent. Lay them on me, Chief. Depending on what feels right. Okay. You know. Yeah, let me hear. So you remember that I have um Yeah. Okay. So I mean we can create a new a new character. Uh-huh. And I feel like I feel like the Giovanni proper I'm not gonna get into the I'm not going to get into the other freaking families that they've incorporated in. No. <laughs> like the Rothsteins? <laughs> None of that. <laughs> We're dealing with a pure, concentrated version. Uh-huh. So we have a Giovanni... <clears throat> excuse me. We have a Giovanni and 13 Candles. Uh, Wilma Hudson is um, mm-hmm. an antiques dealer. Mm-hmm. She's definitely... <laughs> spoiler alert. She's definitely going to be in the Chronicle. Oh, okay. Um, but she definitely has ties to the to the Giovanni clan, but yeah. via Mexico City. Oh, okay. So I feel like the Giovanni, they have their tentacles kind of everywhere. Yeah. And so I feel like there might be a family in in Mexico that is kind of carrying on that the the Giovanni line. Mm-hmm. But it has a different, you know, it's a different surname. It's not connected to Pochli. It's not connected to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it might be this kind of like semi-independent Giovanni. Mm. But they're still maintaining the, um, all of the, you know, proprietary Giovanni kind of traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, like, <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah. Like we have, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, we have all those families and they're, they're doing, old world. they're very old world. It's kind of like a Giovanni sect that's in not like a sect because they're a family but it's just their their branch mm-hmm. it's just the mexico branch yeah um but it's not again it's not connected to pokli it's not um it's not connected to any of that yeah and in fact much to Pok- much to their chagrin right so that's sure. like the the pisanov yeah um mm-hmm. or pisanov 
Mm. Um, how would you pronounce that? I think it's piece of nob with a B at the end. But yeah. B is V, like it's pronounced. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. But that's like Central and South American. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. like, yeah. So. Yes. To me, I would think that it's, they're more of the, um, they're a little bit quieter. Okay. In terms of their wheelings and dealings. But Absolutely. they're still maintaining the Giovanni clan in that, in, in Mexico City. Yeah. So, let's see. Let me. This is, I, again, and a lot of this, like. We don't know where this is going. No, we especially don't. Especially with the prelude and everything. Yeah. So, and we um, may, and then we may figure things out afterwards. For instance, I didn't figure out that Karen Anatos was Aaron's sire until after we did our pre- prelude. That's so. right. That's right. Um, now, I did find an interesting Giovanni here. A guy named Nazario. What? Nazario Giovanni. From where? I, I just Googled 10th generation Giovanni. Oh, where? Who's that? Um, let's see. This might be a, um, <laughs> this might be a LARP site. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, let's, let's stay away from that. Okay, I don't know. Uh, as much as I like the name Nazario, I, uh, yeah, yeah. no, no. wonder if there's anything in Mexico City by night. Probably. Yeah. Uh, that would have been good to know. Would, well, I didn't know we were going to take a turn to Mexico City here. Me neither. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so you said you had a couple ideas, though. Well, those are my ideas. Okay. Oh, so Wilma or? Well, no, no. Okay. So just uh, give me some time here. All right. We're just right. developing this now, and I'm completely confused. And now I'm like, oh crap! Uh-oh. I gotta look up all this other stuff. All right. We don't have to establish um, a sire immediately. No, I want to. It's kind of an important thing. Okay. Because I mean, that's like a that's like definitely like a, you know, I mean that's like Sabbath territory. Right. Yeah. Um. And so that's why I feel like they they keep themselves under wraps pretty well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, let me just look at this one thing really quickly here. So there's no there's no Giovanni characters in Mexico by night. Oh, okay. Uh, Mexico City by night. Good, good. And uh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can do whatever we want. Oh shit! Yeah. Right. But like, it's tough. It's hard being Giovanni. In Mexico City, when you have all these Sabbath assholes like thinking that they own the place and trying to be creepy and sp- spooky ooky. <laughs> Which is why we can go with a different approach if we want to. Well, no, what? Like, in terms of like my first encounter with the Giovanni, it doesn't have to be in Mexico City. It c- no, I, I have a completely clear oh, you do. picture of what it is. Oh. So, the predominant clans in Mexico City mm-hmm. are La Sombra and Shimashi. Sure. Which makes sense. Yeah. And you also have some other ones sprinkled in there. <laughs> now, I don't even know. God, this lore is so ridiculous. <laughs> and I say that with love. Okay, so so here we go. So we have. Okay, so we have you were in Mexico City. Yes. You're a teenager. Yes. Right. Yes. Walking around. You're out of, you know, you're out late. You're causing mischief or doing whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. And this, this like shadow is following you. Mm. And then it kind of looks like a, a like, <laughs> I feel like it's like this La Garona like figure type person. It looks like a woman yeah. in white. Yeah. It's terrifying. Nice. Um, And it's like, she's following you and... Like following you down the street, right? 
And it's just incredibly, it's terrifying. Mm. When suddenly this other, like this person, this man like comes out of like the alley Mm. and suddenly you feel like the presence of this other thing just gone. Oh, okay. And this man just looks like an ordinary man. Right. And, um, and he says like, what are you doing out so late? Mm-hmm. Like where 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 are you you know like in Spanish like where right. are you supposed to be right where's your family yeah, all right so all right so like let's say I was mm, so I'm in this boarding school mm-hmm. so I was probably sneaking out mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um okay so. Basically, what ha- what happened is, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to this boarding school. It's run by Jesuits, so they um, they emphasize you know physical fitness as well as like education, rigorous curriculum, yeah, all that kind of stuff, self discipline, you know, and um, but you know never let it be said that they don't look out for their their boys. So they'll take us out on outings, you know, yeah. to the theater and uh, music hall and, and whatnot from time to time, concerts, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so it was on one of these outings yeah. that I spotted a young lady, mm-hmm. you know, our eyes met across the lobby, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And so I was able to connect with her enough that I was able to then continue to see her mm-hmm. like, but clandestinely, Okay, you know, what was her name? Paloma. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And so, and she was, she was the, uh, the daughter of a, um, like a, a politician. Mm-hmm. So she was from a pretty, mm-hmm. pretty well-to-do family mm-hmm. background. Mm-hmm. And so she, she toyed with me. Uh-oh. Yeah. Like she, she seemed to have genuine affection for me, mm-hmm. but also clearly had no intention of ever doing anything Aww. beyond that. Aww. You know? All right. Because I was just this kid from a boarding school. I'm going to go home soon enough, you Uh know. But I took it, like, way more seriously, Mm -hmm. you know. So, but, yeah, I would sneak out to to see her. Okay. You know. All right. We'd spend the evening canoodling. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. All right. And um, and so I was was sneaking back to my my dormitories this this particular night. Mm Mm-hmm. This particular evening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of uh Nacho Libre when he's walking down the alley at night. That's <laughs> where he gets ambushed for his bag of chips. <laughs> All right. So So this so this <laughs> So you're we need to rewatch that. Oh I know. We will soon. Yeah. Um so after so so this is after was this after a clandestine meeting yes, with Paloma? Afterwards, yeah. Okay. So this, so you, this white figure is like following you, right? Yeah, this I was woman. like walking down this alleyway, and you know, it's like my 
my footsteps are echoing mm-hmm. off the high walls on either side because your classic kind of like Spanish colonial and you're, you're with like he- ten foot high walls, you know. And like, you're hearing nails scraping along ooh, the alley, like yeah. the, the like on both sides. Oh shit! Oh, like her, like their arms. Right, because like, the alley's like fairly wide. It, you're hearing yeah. it in stereo, like on both sides. Oh shit! The, the, these nails scraping against the adobe or the plaster stucco. stucco yeah, yeah, stucco. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. So, you know, and then I, I, what, I look back and see this, just this woman. In white. In white, with a white veil. Uh-huh. And um, I quicken my step. And you hear, it's like, it's, then you suddenly hear the nails dragging on the ground. Ooh, shit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so at that point, I'm like almost jogging. I'm trying not to look back. You don't want to. Don't want to look back. No. And my little my little knee breeches. Yeah. And my little flat cap. You yeah. Know? You're like you're like <laughs> my vest. you're like 15 years old. Yeah, 16 maybe. 16. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 16. Yeah. So you're running. Yeah. And then and then like you know you, looking looking back involuntarily. You yeah. Know? And you're seeing like it's like she, her presence is closer. Mm-hmm. You like almost see a hand like reaching for you when you glance back. Yeah. Yeah. And like you can see like the nails. And then you bump into like this wall of a man. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he's that's when he's like, who like what like what's going on? And then you feel the presence like just evaporate as though yeah. it's like you woke up from a dream. Right. So I look up at this guy, I'm breathing hard, yeah. Sweating. He's like a very tall, he has dark skin. Mm. Um, he looks very stylish, mm-hmm. very nice tailored suit, um, nice shoes. Mm-hmm. And um he has like a rolled up like newspaper under his arm, mm-hmm. and um, and his hair is like um, has more of like a coily texture to mm-hmm. it. It's very um, very quaffed, mm-hmm. and um, and he's just looking down at you. Mm-hmm. He actually has like some spectacles too. Yeah, and he's like, it's not Siraj, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> that man's name was. Siraj. Siraj. <laughs> and now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> no, no uh, he's asking you, where are you? Where's your family? What are you doing here? This is very late. Yeah, You're so, a young man. Like, what, do you, what is this? Oh, I, I, I go to the uh, St. Xavier's uh, boarding school uh, just over there. Francis Xavier. Yeah, exactly. Boarding school. Oh, well, he's like, so he takes you by the arm, like yeah, kind true. of like more like paternal, like fatherly, right, right. but it's very strong. Like right. his grip's very strong. Right. And he, he turns, he's like, let's take you back. You shouldn't be here. Oh, you won't, you won't tell the fathers I was out though, will you? And so he kind of smiles, um, despite, you know, in spite mm. of himself, he can't, he can't help but smile a little bit. Mm. Um, and he says like, he's like, no, I'll just say you were helping me with a task. Oh, thank you. I'm in your debt. Yeah. Okay. So. And I'm like looking back as we as we walk you don't away. See, yeah. You don't see anything. You just maybe see like a whisk, a wisp of maybe white smoke or mm. something. But other than that, nothing. There's nobody there. Hmm. All right. So you reach the school, mm-hmm. and the nuns are pissed. <laughs> the uh, fathers, you mean? Jesuit brothers, whatever. Whatever. Sure. You call them. Okay. It's a Jesuit school, so it's. It's bunch, all dudes. It's a bunch of dudes. Okay. The fathers are pissed. <laughs> Does that change things? The brothers are pissed. No. <laughs> the brothers are pissed. Yes. They're mad. You're going to probably get, you know, Demerit. your ass kicked. You're going to get demerits. No, you're going to get your ass kicked. No, I'm going to get demerits. That's and how, demerits. That's how they work. And demerits. 
You might get a sturdy, like, ear pull. Well, I get an ear pull. Yeah. And, and I'm definitely on potato peeling duty for the next oh, two weeks. Oh, absolutely. You know. And um, so the man leaves his card with um, the brother. And he's like, look, he was working for me. Um, you know, he was helping me um, with some accounting pieces. And it went late. <laughs> Until 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. It went late. It went late. So, um, yeah. So he leaves a card with the okay. with the with the main father mm-hmm. priest guy. Yeah. So you go off into your room. So eventually, over the ensuing weeks, mm-hmm. um, he comes calling to visit you, mm. and um, you find out that his name is Naftali Martinez, mm. and he works for the Martinez's, who you've kind of actually heard of in town. They're a bigger family. Um, like, there's there's plenty of different Martinez's, but this is, like, the, the Martinez family. Okay. Who's run by uh, Miguel Angel Martinez. Okay. And he is just a... You know he's a very powerful man. Mm. Um, and he's not seen a whole lot, mm. actually, but he has a lot of people who work for him. Okay. And so you become part of this network of workers for mm-hmm. him. And so that can... Basically, like, you're taking briefcases to different offices. You are asked to um, relay messages. Yeah. Ranging, ranging from briefcase, briefcases full of God only knows what yeah. to envelopes to fancy envelopes to, like, you're just like a messenger boy. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you start building your way um, in terms of all of that. And it doesn't interrupt your studies. They always say it's important for you to, like, mm-hmm. make sure that the brothers don't get on your case. Right, right. Any of that. So... Does that feel okay? That's fine with me. Yep. Okay. So over time, um, you develop a relationship with them. But, you know, your time in Mexico City comes to an end. Mm-hmm. And so before you leave, you actually get to meet Miguel and Hal, like, mm. in person. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, he looks like his hair and dress looks a little bit it just looks a little off. Mm. There's something unsettling about him. Mm. And he has like these very intense green eyes. Okay. His hair is like black. Yeah. And his skin tone looks like kind of reminds you of, um, he's, he's not very dark. Um, in ter- I mean, there's, I mean, look, we'll just say <laughs> people from Mexico, there's a wide spectrum of looks Absolutely. and skin tones and yeah. hair colors and eye colors and all of that stuff. Of so, um, but he has like black hair, green eyes and like kind of like a olive, like I would say like a kind of olive skin. Mm. But it also is it's bordering on green, you know, mm. like mm. it just looks a little off. Mm. But he's very nice and his voice is very like intoxicating. And you can tell even though he's unsettling, there's something that's kind of pushing you mm. closer to him mm. when he talks. Mm. And he basically thanks you for your service and thanks you for helping the family out. Mm. And he knows that your family, you know, that you, your family, you know, who your family is. Mm -hmm. He knows um, about the Berganzas Mm -hmm. and he'll remember, you know, Mm. you're, you're helping. Mm -hmm. And in fact, he does have connections to, um, to Los Angeles, where you're from, but mm. he he calls it something else. Um, 
what does he call it? Um, let's see. You'd think I would know this by heart by now, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, like the like the traditional like. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, the like El, Pue El Pueblo de Nuestra Señora La Reina de Los Angeles, right? Okay, right. So he does. He, he uses the full. He name. uses the full name to describe yeah. Los Angeles, yeah. and that he has connections there, and that he will make sure that they know who you are. Mm -hmm. So if you need help at any point in time, hmm. that you can call on them, and if you need if you need to work, they can connect you with with um, a job. Okay. Cool. Now, is this meeting taking place at night? Yes. Have my interactions with Neftali taken place at night? No. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. So. All right, cool. Yes. So. Good. So I board a train. Yes. And I return home. Yes. And when I get home, I find that because mail service between Los Angeles and Mexico City can be spotty. Right. So I didn't I didn't correspond a lot with my family while I was gone. And I hadn't heard from them in a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so when I get off the train, I find my mother is there to meet me, but she is wearing all black. Oh. Because my father has died. Oh. In my absence. What did he pass away from? I think that he was actually killed in a uh, attempted robbery. Really? Yeah. He was so, shot. Really? Mm-hmm. When did so? So is your mother pretty upset? Yes. Um, so you have to provide for her now. Exactly. But, I mean, she's doing she's doing things to survive. I mean, she she's definitely doing what she can. like what is she doing that you know of? She's pro well, you know, she's. What does uh, she look like? She is very short. Mm -hmm. She's almost elfin in stature. Mm -hmm. um, is she skinny, fat? Like she's um, relatively skinny. Mm -hmm. um, she's skinny, but she's strong. She's strong. Yeah, and she has a very kind of like stern demeanor. She wears mm -hmm. her hair up mm -hmm. at all times, mm -hmm. you know, and um, just these very dark eyes, mm -hmm. you know, that can pierce your soul, basically. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, she's very, she's very, um, very bereft. And, mm. but yeah, she, I mean, she's skilled with um, tailoring and weaving, mm -hmm. you know, so she's kind of been okay. doing like little cottage industry things, okay. you know, um, taking in, Taking in clothes to uh, to mend, you know, yeah, and okay. um, and also like you know weaving textiles when she can to, and to sell those. on okay. Altera Street. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Rugs, blankets, you know. Okay. Stuff like that. Okay. So. Does she have maybe like a little like a little stand outside of your mm -hmm. house that she sells those? Yeah, for sure. Pieces? Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. So what do you what do you do? Like what are your so I think at that point, I, you know, I have this kind of streetwise nature. Yes. And so I just turn it to hustling, basically, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And um, so, oh, yeah. So here we go. Okay, good. There it is. 
Oh, there it is. Uh, Got a live one. Oh, yeah. So this is the other side of the coin. So so I had my, like, teenage romance with Paloma. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and she was this, like, idealized girl, oh, okay. you know, in my mind. What did right? she look like? Oh, she's just your your classic kind of, you know, senorita. No, but what does that uh mean? <laughs> Hey there, senorita. No, but she um who am I uh what the what did we watch? The bullfighting movie. Uh Oh, um uh, Rita Hayworth's character? Yeah, yeah. Or the wife. Oh yeah, what was her name? What's what's that actress? Oh, let me get it. Let me get it. Let me get it. Yeah, yeah, definitely more her than Rita Hayworth. But um Although I was thinking, oh, I guess redhead could work. But, no, uh, we have too many redheads. Too, too many redheads. And there's already, there's already going to be some redheads in this one, too. Alert, alert. Okay, so that is um, what was the name of that movie? Linda Darnell, Blood Linda, and Sand. Blood and Sand. Linda Darnell. Um, so, yes. like, dark, dark hair. Yes. Pale skin. Limpid eyes. Yes. yes. Like, like yes. a little lamb. A little lamb, exactly. Uh-huh. Or a dove, if you will. Yeah. So, exactly. yeah. So she's like your idealized, you know, kind of innocent feminine uh, beauty. So you've idealized this like... Exactly. Feminine... She's she's actually, you know, probably kind of a, you know, uh, power tripper. (laughs) You know, like... Well, (laughs) because like, you know, she's like, oh yeah, my dad's going to like find a, you know, a millionaire for me to marry or something, you know, like this was just a summer fling, you know, and I'm like trying to call her up, you know, saying it's Roger from the beach, you know, and she's not having it. She's she's going to Alaska to study glaciers right. for the summer, yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. No, but um Okay. Actually I lose all contact with her is the thing. Yeah. You know, like it, it was just it was a it was a thing, it was a little one time little thing. romance. Yeah. yeah, and and it's over as far as she's concerned, it's done. Right. I, however, am carrying the torch, you know, afterwards and I just so, I, I'm not letting it go, you know. Right. And and then I turn I put her on a pedestal basically and it's I turn idealized, her into this idealized thing. True love. Now what I'm wondering Yeah. When I go in this direction. What? Is maybe I you know, in the course of my my sort of hustling, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh maybe I get involved with some local like organized crime syndicate. You know, and they're running like various vice rings, you know, so like I'm coming into contact with like prostitutes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like to me, it's like creating this. It's just reinforcing this kind of like virgin and whore kind of dynamic that I'm seeing the world through because my my mother is virginal. quote unquote. Right. Paloma is this like, you know, innocent, perfect thing. Mm -hmm. And then but women are either completely perfect right angels innocent right or they're completely debased and yeah like just succubuses exactly i mean we're doing a noir thing here so no no, no i'm, I'm not like, i'm not i'm not critiquing i just want yeah. to make sure it's clear in your mind like oh, what this I, dichotomy is and i want to make sure you're comfortable with it like if we go oh we can fuck direction. with it okay we're yeah. gonna we're gonna mess with it <laughs> exactly if anyone can mess with it it's me because if i end up like in a secret relationship with a satanic cult leader. I mean, that's kind of hilarious, you know? <laughs> oh, fluttering your eyes at me. Uh-huh. All right. So anyway, yeah. So is that what is that what contributes to your frenzy, your um, innocent, the innocence um, yes, trigger? Exactly. Okay. I just, I guess okay? I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around how that's going to work. Like, I don't, it creeps me out and I'm trying to figure out like what, like if you see this beautiful innocent 
young woman or a kitten. It, like, says, I don't, any, it says any form of innocence. So like a kitten, like yeah, just I guess. like getting traversed. Like if a kitten gets like like hit, like God forbid, like <laughs> some kitten gets killed in front of you. Like, are you gonna be? I'm not gonna do that, everybody. <laughs> just letting you know, there's yeah, yeah. no no animal like not no animal violence, just people violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's, so let's like, go back and look at it again. Because I'm having a hard time wrapping my head like how I'm gonna how I'm gonna weaponize that against you. Thirst for innocence came out of the fact that my my second um, idea for a clan was Ventru, and of course they have a feeding uh, restriction. Now it's I think, like in Fright Night when um, uh-huh. you know when Jerry wants Amy, yes, the, the innocent girl, exactly, right, and he right. just he's like ah oh, feeding on that before he even feeds on her blood. The sight of innocence of any sort arouses in you a terrible bloodlust. Roll See, self-control. That feels like Fright Night. Roll self-control or else frenzy and attack the source of your hunger. Seems to attack a kitten. No, I do. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I do have pretty high self-control. Yeah, you do. But, um... It's, it would be like somebody, like, you wouldn't ever want to feed on some, but like an innocent young woman. You don't mind feeding on some, a woman that you consider a quote whore. Exactly. But right. you wouldn't, but if you have, like you're, you see this innocence, you're like, Oh yeah. And it like, it brings up all this bloodlust and you're like, I oh. have to feed from this. Oh yeah. But I don't want to, but you don't want to, oh. but then you, but then because I view feeding as a debasement or a, you hate it about yourself. I hate it about myself and I, I view it as gross and you know, and I'm like, Oh, I would never want to inject morphine into, into the this, veins of this innocence person. But yet you feel compelled to, no, but it's like I, I I don't feel compelled to. It's that I I that's what I want. It's this idealized uh, part of my life. You're and my yearning youth, for that. My yearning, exactly. But yet, if you but that doesn't fit with the what that mechanic is. I think it does because How? the self control piece is like I'm trying to tamp that down. But if I if I fail my self control role, then I go nuts. Because I can't, it's like it's like a fatal error in a computer code. Okay, I, I can't resolve. I, that's it. what I'm having a hard time. Like it's it's like does not compute. Yeah, <laughs> like you're feeling drawn to this innocence, and then uh-huh. you want to feed on it. But, but you, I'm repulsed by those feelings. You're repulsed, but you feel so compelled. I'm trying, so I'm trying I, to fight it, and that's where the frenzy comes from. Exactly. I don't. I'm probably I don't. have to listen to this eight more times before I understand it. For some reason, it's having. I'm not. It's not computing for okay. me. Okay. I don't want to feed off of. So I, I could switch this to like prey exclusion or something like that. I mean, if that's it just to if me, that works okay, better for you. Just hear me out. Yeah. When I hear thirst for innocence, it means you want to feed from that and you have no compunction doing that. Yeah. Like you're like, yeah, that's what I want. I oh, want. Okay. I want the sandwich that has never been eaten. That tastes more delicious to me than anything. So I need to have the sandwich that has not been eaten or fucked. The sandwich, the sandwich has not, not been, been fucked. fucked. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I want the non-fucked sandwich. <laughs> right. To consume, right? And but if I have a sandwich that has has been that way, that, you know, like it doesn't it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to me. Maybe I'm missing it. I think you are hung up on the terminology because because it says thirst for innocence. Thirst for innocence. He's like, yeah. I want to eat the unfucked sandwich. Right, right, right. It arouses in you a terrible bloodlust. Bloodlust to me doesn't mean frenzy. It means I want to eat that unfucked sandwich. Exactly. You 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 you've got it. But here's here's the part I think you're not getting is that I refuse to do it. Okay, so like 
I see, I see innocence, and I'm like, I, I must. Okay, feed so from the, that. the flaw is the fact that you want to do that, but you're fighting against this flaw. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a flaw. It's not a merit. Exactly. Like I don't get one ups when I start eating the unfucked sandwich. <laughs> one up, one up, one up. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? exactly. Yeah. I, I, it's a flaw. <laughs> yeah. So it means like, oh, I want that so bad, and it's like, but I can't. Uh-huh. But I want it. But I can't. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Okay. I think I'm barely getting it, and no, I don't know why, but I, I don't want to dwell. Okay. Okay. So we'll do that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I've fallen in with this, with this uh, un- unsavory, you know, like very low level racket, you know, that's going on, you know, in the under, the, the criminal underclass of, of Los Angeles, you know, and I'm applying some of the skills that I learned in Mexico City working for the Martinez's to this job. And maybe, I don't know, are these guys connected to the Martinez network? So one day... <laughs> Yes. You're you're sweeping the front of your mother's storefront okay. area. Yep. Um, it's the close of the day. The sun's gone down. Okay. It's like a, it's a, you know, it's it's a colder, it's it's turning into fall. Mm-hmm. And so the sun's down. Mm. And it is a day. Anyway, one evening. <laughs> one evening. You're sweeping. Yeah. Her stuff's still on display. Mm-hmm. And this woman walks up. And she's dressed very nicely. Mm-hmm. Um it's um what year is it like 19 oh no it'd be like 1888 1890 somewhere around there 1890s okay let me just look at it really quickly really quickly yes that's what i want that's the one okay yeah so this woman walks up and she's wearing like she has like a little it's still the you know it's the Right in Victorian, Victorian style, a beautiful gown, perfect. Her hair is up in a bun, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the slim waist, Mm -hmm. um, her, her hips, you know, like it's not huge, but it's Victorian straight up and down long skirt, Mm -hmm. the kind of puffed, slight puffed sleeves on the shoulders. Mm -hmm. She has a little cameo at her neck Mm -hmm. um, and she has a little, you know, like a nicer hat. It's not like super feathery, but it's, it's very nice. One of those little uh, flat hats with the broad brim. Yes, yeah. yes. And she has a, a bigger... Ba- Actually, no. She's wearing a bowler. She's wearing a bowler oh. hat. <laughs> nice. And, um, yeah, she's wearing a bowler hat, but it's like this beautiful brocaded, like, mm. top vest mm. with this very fine fabric. Mm. And it's like a dark navy blue mm. material. Mm-hmm. And she has a bag. She's She's been doing some shopping. Mm-hmm. And she has very dark skin. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so she happens upon the display in front of your your house, mm-hmm. and um, you hear her warm voice say, "Are these for sale?" Uh, so I'll walk over and uh, uh, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, She's a little taller than you. How tall are you? Like at this point? I don't know. I'm almost full grown, I guess. So or pretty much full. I think grown. we said you were like five eight or something. Yeah, that's fine. You're not super tall. No. Yeah. So she's she's a little taller than you. Wow. Wow. Um, so yeah, I'll say, um, oh, I should be taking notes on my prelude section here. <laughs> Let's see. We've got Paloma. <laughs> yeah. Don't write, don't do it now. I'm right what? in the middle of it. Oh, oh, sorry. Jesus. <laughs> well, I was just writing things down before I forget them. <laughs> Look, we have it in the recording. I have notes here. Okay. And we'll oh, figure. yeah, I did write five, nine, oh, five, five, nine. nine okay. So she's a little taller than you. Yeah. Okay. Good. You did write it down. I did. Was there anything there else of note? Nope. You- Oh, okay. I'm good. Just five nine, yeah. 150 pounds. <laughs> All right. 
So she. Oh, I totally screwed up the. Um, I'd, I'd written date of birth 1852, and then I saw age 70, and somehow in my mind those merged together into 1870. All right, well, we'll make it 1870 then. We've already. We will. Yeah, that's fine. Doesn't that kind of mess with your embrace and how long you've been a vampire? Um, yeah, see here. it does. It will. 1870. No, no, this is fine. We can make this work. No. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Really. Are you sure? Positive. Because that means your embrace takes place like in 1910. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this does work. Yeah, it does. This is fine. This like is you've fine. been, you've been a vampire for maybe like 10 to 12 years. Exactly. Before we start. Exactly. Which I think is good. And I'll just bump my apparent age down a little bit. Okay. That's But fine. we'll yeah. figure that out what that is. Oh no, your apparent age is still 40. Oh, is it? Because if you were born in 1870, then when you're 40, it was 1910. Yeah, that's fine. But I did, I also had time as a ghoul, remember? Yeah, but you can have like, you can have... We're getting it. I'm doing it now. What you're wanting to do, I am doing it right now. Right. Okay. Okay. But when you're when you're ghouled, you stop aging. So if I'm ghouled oh. and then embraced. Okay. Well, then let's let's rewind. <laughs> this is why we need some more lights in here too. All right. I'll turn the, the lights on. Hold on. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> and we're back. So let's let's real. We had our our time discrepancy that we're trying to figure out. So you were born in 1850. I'd written 1852. Yes. Okay. So 1852. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1852. Let's see if this works. I think everything applies. It's it totally does. fine. Yeah, actually, everything does still apply. Two, nine, 1892 would be when you would be turned, embraced. 1892. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, 1892. So I think you would have been, so 18, so or, no, that's when I would have been ghouled. I would have been ghouled in 1892. Oh. And then I would have been, uh. We'll say embraced in 1910. And embraced in 1910. Yeah, is that okay? That works for me, yeah. So your aging has been stunted mm-hmm. in 1892. Yes. At age 40. At age 40, yeah. Okay, I think all the other stuff applies still. It's still fine. Fine. Right? Good. Yes. Because you were talking about your grandparents and like... Nope, that, that still works. That okay. still works. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, this woman. Mm-hmm. She's an attractive woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a similar skin tone to Neftali. Mm. She is very kind. And so she asks if the, t- like, rugs and different things, are these still for sale? Okay. Um, so let's see, I'm about 20, so it's mm-hmm. like the 1870s. Okay. 1870s? Mm-hmm. You said 1970s. No, I didn't. I said 18. Oh. Anyway. Uh, yes, of course. All right. So she nods, and so she's, like, kind of touching them and, like, mm-hmm. seeing, you know, the, the fineness of the, mm-hmm. the weave and asking questions about the colors. Do you know the answers to those questions or? Enough. I know okay. enough. Again, you know, I can, I can switch, you know, on a dime mm-hmm. and like become the salesman. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure you've done listening it. listening to my mother, you know, mm-hmm. vend her wares. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. So of course. Yes. It's a cross stitch weave with a, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. oh my God. <laughs> All right, so she... um, With a French hook and, uh, you know, whatever. Okay, so so, so she... Heavy pile. mm -hmm. 
So she nods and um, and she says, "Okay, I'll take I'll take everything here." Everything. Yes. Oh well, of course. Let me just wrap this up for you. Well, actually, um, can you please? I need to actually go and do some other things before um, it's too late. So you can send it to this address. Mm-hmm. So she gives you address, mm-hmm. and the name is uh, Ms. Wilma Hudson. Ah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, mm-hmm. so she gives you an address somewhere further into the city. Okay. I mean, you're in the heart of the city, but I'm sorry, on the outskirts of the city. Right, right. Okay. And she's like, you can bring it in the evening. All right, uh, Miss Hudson, I will. Okay. So off she goes mm-hmm. with an almost preternatural grace, which <laughs> reminds you slightly of, reminds you a little bit of um, Miguel on Hell. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of his demeanor, there's something graceful but upsetting. Like it's, mm-hmm. it makes your stomach maybe do a little flip flop. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh. Yeah, it's like it's like you're going over. I don't think you've had a bike or anything, but have you been on anything like wheel related? I, I owned bikes as a child. No, no, I'm talking about oh. your character. Oh, oh. You? <laughs> like how dare you? No, um. Not everyone's had access to bikes. No, and I would not have actually. No. Okay. So, so maybe I'm trying. Maybe to... a horse or a donkey. Yeah. So maybe if like a donkey or a horse, like if you were on one and it kind of leapt over something mm-hmm. with you not expecting it, right? It's right. that kind of weird stomach yeah churn kind of feel yeah all right so off she goes okay interesting so she leaves the payment of course yeah, of course yeah. all right so eventually over the weeks <laughs> um i don't am i skirting over things too much no way no. okay that's this is a prelude we got a lot of ground to cover oh do uh, we oh geez yeah we've barely gotten started what uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be another two-part prelude no 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 i'm just Okay. All right. So do you have an understanding? Okay. Okay. So, so when you go to deliver, <laughs> what? so when you go to deliver these, these wares, mm-hmm. you know, and your mom's kind of like, she's happy, I think with the payment, yeah. but she's also like, Oh, like I have to replace all of my stuff. Like right, exactly. I have a lot to work on, she but she, me out. but she paid a fair amount. She paid a little bit, excuse me, over, uh-huh. um, what, you know, what you were asking for. Okay. And um, and so even though your mom feels a little like, whoa, no, she's also kind of feels comforted by the fact that, you know, she doesn't have to worry too much mm-hmm. about about getting all those things done. In mm-hmm. a timely manner. Mm-hmm. So you go to Miss Hudson's house to drop off, right, to mm-hmm. drop off these wares. And so you have a chat where she says that she also works for the Martinez family. Mm. She knows them and... Um, she heard that you were running it around with the wrong people mm. and was there to kind of keep track of like, what are you up to and how can you work for me? <laughs> right. What are your thoughts on this? So I'm, I'm picturing this is like in her front parlor. She's probably offered me some tea, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I have balanced on my knees. Yeah. And, uh, so the, her connection to the Martinez's is both surprising, but also not unexpected, perhaps. Hmm. When she says it, it makes sense. Yeah. 
Well, I'll admit I don't particularly care for the work I've been doing recently. It's, um, if my mother ever found out where the money's coming from, I just tell her that I have a paper route when she doesn't ask too many questions. You don't want to lie to your mother, do you? No, I don't. Then you can come work for me. Okay. Here's the thing. You don't want to get connected to the Lopez's. Not here. They don't know what they're doing. And I'll be honest with you, they're not long for this area. At least in the capacity that they're running now. So I'm a little surprised to hear a woman speaking so frankly in these matters, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I'm sure I wouldn't know anything about that. You're right, you don't. So that's why I'm asking that you work for me. It's a branch of the Martinez family. It's up here. You'd be doing a lot of the same things. There might be a little bit more intensive activities that you'd be expected to do, but we would definitely pay you well. Well, then that sounds fine. I, I had no problem with any of the work I was doing for them. Okay. Uh, down south, so that's fine with me, certainly. Okay. So she seems happy about this. Mm. She's not drinking any tea, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that begins your um, relationship with Wilma and um, working further for the Martinez's. Mm-hmm. Over the over the months, you start to notice that your errands become more involved. Mm. They're a little more dangerous in mm. the sense that the people that you're delivering things to seem very... There's something that feels dangerous about them. Okay. It feels unsafe. Mm-hmm. But also, um, they're more fearful of you. Oh, okay. But they seem like they're toughs, you know? Right. So, but you're like, why are they, like, why are they scared of me? Some young toughs. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, so the years go on. Yeah. Um, I think maybe at a certain point, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm left on my own. Yeah. So eventually your mom passes away. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're, you're on your own. Yeah. And as your jobs become more involved, they're becoming more like, I need you to find this thing in this house and bring it. Like, it's it's like stealing things yeah. or retrieving things. Petty larceny. Yeah. yeah. That kind of stuff. Um, I learned be- how to pick a lock. Exactly. It becomes a little bit more like, um, like you need to stand there and look like a tough guy. Mm. But the interesting part of that is that you start to feel like a tough guy because one night... Um, okay, let me get there. How do you think Wilma would introduce her blood to you? Ooh, so this is by the point I'm like 40 years old. Yeah. So I've been working for her for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she never seems to age. Right. So I'm a, I'm a low level... Enforcer, basically. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not a dummy, so I figured out what's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm working for organized crime. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
but you know they're they're treating me well i do get paid well mm-hmm. so i've um probably got my own apartment at mm-hmm. this point and um i've had a succession you probably live in a boarding house yeah boarding house there you go I've had a succession of of flings, but never any serious relationship, never anything that even got close to marriage. Right. Partly because of my, you know, sort of hang up on my, you know, young romance. Which Wilma's actually fine with. Like the fact that you have no complications. <laughs> and that would be the other reason. Makes it super yeah. simple like, to like. Like I'm not yeah. interested in like forming any permanent bonds no. with anybody because I'm, you know, I work in a very kind of questionable yeah. uh, line of work. So I don't want to like, you know, put anybody in danger. It's too complicated. How compli- generous of it's, you. Well, it's too complicated. Right. You know, it's it's just like, you know, I don't want to like lead some kind of double life. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's been my life. And hmm, how would you introduce the blood? It would be as a reward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you do something that is particularly helpful. Yeah. And part of it was actually, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So Wilma says, all right, tonight, on tonight's mission, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be coming with you. And she has come with you in the past. Mm. And you've seen her, like, negotiate things with these guys. Okay. And it's so strange to you because she's this woman um, who is very, she's very, you know, matter of fact, to the point, mm-hmm. plain spoken. Yeah. It's very strange. But she never, um, they completely, they completely, like, comply. Like, mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um... And she says, I need you to attend. I need you to come with me this time. Okay. And so you're going to this house of this other family, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like another kind of, again, it's like there's these different factions. There's these different gangs that have been operating. Mm -hmm. And she's explaining to you on the way there that this is something that... um, needed to be done a long time ago Mm. and it's something that has to happen Mm. Mm. and she just needs you there to to kind of be support okay so do you have weapons or anything that you (sighs) probably have some knuckle dusters Uh (laughs) uh-huh knife and a knife yeah Mm -hmm. okay and she says we probably won't need that so okay but it's best that you're prepared okay so you get to this house Mm-hmm. And it's just like this really like weird um it's like this kind of destitute decrepit house. Okay. And you walk in, it's like a one room house. And there's like a dim like there's a candle on a table. There's no furniture except this chair, and on the chair is this um man who's tied to it. Mm. Okay. And he looks completely like fearful. Mm. He looks scared. Mm. And so Wilma walks up, she closes the door. You're standing in the back of the are you standing in the back of where are you standing? Like Yeah, I'll just near I'll, the front door. Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she walks up to him and 
he's shaking. Mm. And she, you're kind of half hearing their conversation Mm -hmm. because I think you're trying to keep a lookout. Mm -hmm. And you hear kind of these bits and snippets of their exchange and he's he's muzzled like he has a a gag in his mouth Mm -hmm. and you see her touching his hair Mm. as she's talking to him and like cradling his face Mm -hmm. and this man is just like this basically this like light hair light eyes yeah um a little overweight in this like very like older suit Mm-hmm. And she said, you hear these snippets like, I'm sorry it has to be this way. Mm-hmm. And we told you many times. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't stop. But she doesn't sound regretful. Mm-hmm. She's just like this, like explaining it in her plain spoken way. Like this right. is what happens. Right, right. And then... For in a in an instant where you may have you're not quite sure if you and tell me if I'm wrong, <laughs> yeah, no. but you're not quite sure if you blinked mm. or looked somewhere else for just a second mm. because suddenly like she's on him and he is screaming. Yeah, like his scream is through the. It's just this agonized, like horrifying scream. Right, and you've heard some bad shit. I mean, you've heard some bad stuff, but this is like. A whole other level, but in the instant that it happens, then it's done, mm. and he slumped. But she still bent over him. Okay. What do you do? Um, I'm definitely curious what's going on. So you know, craning my neck, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to see like what did she do to him? You know, it's just this howl, and then it was yeah. over. Yeah. Okay. And he's like shitting himself, and. Mm-hmm. Just all of his, like, I mean, you've you've been around when people have died, mm-hmm. like your character. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. When I'm saying you, I'm mostly yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get you now. And he's just lost control of all of his mm-hmm. his um, faculties yeah, and systems and everything. Is so he's dying, or is dead. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm craning my neck, but I'm also a little bit like, uh, what is you know, I just witnessed a murder, like mm-hmm. you know. So I'm just, I'm waiting to see, I guess, what she does. So she stands up straight. Yeah. And you see her wipe, like you see her from behind. And you see her wiping her mouth Mm -hmm. against her sleeve. Mm -hmm. And you see her, like, straighten herself up, Mm -hmm. adjust her hat. Mm -hmm. And she turns to you Mm. and is walking toward you and her eyes are glowing. Mm. And she's, like, luminous. Mm. Like in a way that you've never seen her yeah. before. I mean, you've seen her look good day to day, different things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she might look a little paler, mm-hmm. but this is like full, full on, just at the peak of her beauty, yeah, and charm and charisma, luminousness. You know, right. like she's glowing, and she's looking at you, and her eyes are slightly like red, glowing, right. and she's walking toward you. I I won't tell anybody, I swear. And she smiles and you see these fangs in her mouth. Mm -hmm. They look like an animal's tooth. Right. And and she says, I know. I know you won't. 
And then she takes a nail, cuts her wrist, and offers it to you. Take some. It's a reward. Hmm. So, this is freaky and weird. (laughs) All right, then. (laughs) All right, but... Yeah. (laughs) All right. But... As a chameleon and enigma, I'm down for whatever. I'm down to get freaky. I'm like, hey, if you're into if you're into blood play, fine. I think also, see, I can't. I, I'm just gonna say. So when she says that, and mm-hmm. you're like mulling it over, and then she just says, "Eat." Ooh, right. And you feel compelled to like, okay, I'm gonna dig in and have this taco. Yeah. Maybe literally, so. Oh, really? Well, because there's. <laughs> Are you going there? Okay. Well, no, because there's. I I think my assumption would be that it is some kind of weird kink, and that she's when she's saying it's a reward, she's like wants to have sex with me for some reason. Oh, okay. Like you she just killed this. It. Yeah, because right. she just killed this guy, and yeah. it's like, oh yeah, you know, sometimes those things can be linked, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, what else am I going to conclude? You know, I'm not going to be like, you know. Right. Oh, well, clearly she's a vampire. And blah, well, yeah, blah, I mean, in the way she's saying those things, it does feel almost sexual, like. Right, In right. terms of, like, how she's saying it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, my my initial move is going to be, like, kind of an attempt at being erotic, you know, to, like, kind of lick the blood off her, her wrist. Yeah. But, um, but then it's, like, as soon as it touches my tongue... You know, it's like, oh, shit. How do you feel? I think it's just like I feel very um, soothed Uh and relaxed, you know. Uh And so then it's like, oh, you know, and I just kind of like latch on and start Uh start sucking. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's how it begins. Mm -hmm. So over the over the ensuing years, Mm -hmm. as she built her business. So as you learn, as much as she's tied to the Martinez's, she also has her side. Mm work which is essentially antiques and collecting yeah. precious items and um she's really into category you know cataloging and mm. and keeping track of a lot of things and you hear her talk about like being able to document like what's happening in this place mm-hmm. and understanding it better mm. and that um there's a lot of important things that need to be recorded here mm-hmm. and so so over the years you know, she gets, she's having you procure items. She's having you run things. She's having to punish people for mm-hmm. various, you know, oversteps according to uh, Miguel and Hill's, um, right. you know, bidding, which mm-hmm. come up from Mexico City. Mm-hmm. So over time, you establish this relationship with her. And, and so, yeah, so she definitely rewards you, you know. Periodically. Yes. So does the relationship morph into anything that you think is romantic or no i don't Mm -hmm. think so not after there was an initial misunderstanding but beyond that and i think in fact like as you know as we've grown closer Mm -hmm. uh, probably at that point i moved out of the boarding house Mm -hmm. and have taken taken a a spare room in her you know Mm -hmm. home slash uh yeah it's it's this large home mm-hmm. it's definitely this large larger like victorian yeah house definitely and mm-hmm. so but i think as as that relationship develops i become increasingly uneasy with um the things i'm being asked to do mm-hmm. but at the same time i do them anyway 
What? She has this hold on me. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, as, as much as I don't like doing these things, and and probably I would even say, I would even, you know, sort of embellish what you were saying and just say that after, you know, getting the blood, mm-hmm. suddenly it's like she's asking me to do a lot of other things. Yeah. And like very unsavory things. Mm-hmm. And I can't really say no. Right. Yeah. So how do you reconcile that? Um, I hate myself. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, but I, but I'm keeping it behind this mask, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm adaptable. So I'm like trying my best to just um, fit in in her world and not step out of line, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, it probably, I'm going to have to give some thought as to the whole like um, enigma thing. Mm-hmm. But I think like, <laughs> I think just, uh, oh. oh yeah, go ahead. I just feel like those nature demeanors, I think that they kind of crystallize when you become whatever it is you become. Absolutely. No, I'm just, I'm trying to set that up. Oh, okay, great. So I'm thinking that, um, yeah, the Enigma thing does come out of the fact that there's this, like, um, I don't know. He's just, he's had a lot of, like, loss in his life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's also just sort of trying to reconcile these these um these what acts. are some of the unsavory things mm, i don't know i mean it might involve um taking people out mm-hmm. you know might involve killing although probably not a whole lot not a ton of killing but yeah. mostly like taking valuable things from other people yeah shakedowns exactly shakedowns yeah. you know having to kick some I mean, I do have intimidation. So, exactly. Yeah. You know, so there might be items that, going yeah. going into, and then you know, I guess I have that dot in leadership. So mm-hmm. also just kind of then bringing on becoming other, a lieutenant, basically. Exactly. You like know. there's other people who are coming up that yeah. that she's you know including and that or that have been sent from Mexico City up, exactly. up to like oversee and so it's my job yeah. to sort of orient you know, them, orient them, and then also like lead them on these whatever mm-hmm. criminal activities yeah. we're, we're, we're engaging in mm-hmm. cooking books maybe i don't yeah, know exactly. things like that yeah. so money laundering right take this take this uh, briefcase full of cash and go you know make this purchase in san diego and then come back right, or right, whatever right, right. you know and then sell this thing mm-hmm. you know in san pedro or whatever or you Tijuana know or whatever. yeah Tijuana. so how do you, what keeps, what drives you as a, as a mortal? Like what drives you? What's, what's giving you hope in your life? Hmm. To continue doing this. Right. Like what's the incentive? Well, I think I definitely, so the other thing that's going on, of course, obviously is that there's supernatural dealings afoot. Mm-hmm. And so once I've accepted that, it's, um, it becomes, uh, uh something of a, something of a, of an interest of mine, especially as I'm sure Wilma is telling me about life after death, mm-hmm. wraiths, spirits, mm-hmm. that yeah. kind of thing, you know, you've seen her like interact with some of these items yeah, on purpose, like yeah, and yeah. do ritual mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. to glean some kind of information. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to be around when it doesn't work. She's pretty pissed. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she's kind of, and she she explains it to you. You know, mm-hmm. she's explaining it to you, and she's like, "I probably shouldn't be telling you this, but mm-hmm. this is what I'm trying right, to do." Right. And then sometimes you've seen her do these things in order to find out more about getting other items mm. or figuring out 
some weird shenanigan or mischief that happened where it's like this per I know this person's lying mm-hmm. or I know this person off this other person for some reason and I need to find out why. Mm. So it's like you can see she's kind of doing these like kind of like mystery solving things, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where she's trying to find this, these things out, mm-hmm. but they're usually to serve the Martinez's, you know? Okay. Um, so yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So, so as you're finding out, you're like, whoa, these are like weird, weird things yeah so i think actually what's keeping me going is my own ironically my mm-hmm. own loneliness because i miss my family by this point my parents are dead i never had any siblings most of my aunts and uncles are dead some of my cousins are dead you know what i mean so i'm like i'm watching my family slip away one by one mm-hmm. and um and i miss my my mother in particular okay right so maybe even in my little my little guest room, I have a little um, impromptu shrine. Ofrenda. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and um, yeah. So this idea of being able to speak with the dead becomes kind of an obsession of mine. I want to learn how to do it. Mm. You know. Okay. So one of these evenings, um, a couple. One of these evenings, Wilma says, we're going to be going to Mexico City in about a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Miguel Angel wants to see you and wants to give you a promotion. Mm. And I'm not the one to do it. So we'll be leaving like on Thursday evening. Okay. All right. So we got tickets for the, she wants to get tickets for the train, blah, 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 pack up everything. And boom, down you go to Mexico City. You get picked up by you see Naftali again. Uh-huh. He has <laughs> not aged. Same. He's yeah. not aged a day. I'm not surprised. He's, yeah. he's the fashions are slightly different, you right, know, right. but he's like looks exactly the same. He has this amazing smile when he sees you. He's so happy to see you. And mm. he's just like, Caesar, yes, like, wow, like it's so good to see you after all these years. And mm. just is chatting with you, like friendly. Yeah. Wilma is there. Yeah. It's great. Good. So you all go to the house. Mm-hmm. His famous house. And, uh, yeah. So then over the next couple of days, it is revealed that you are going to be officially adopted by the Martinez family. Hmm. And they have a ritual for this. Okay. And... Wilma pulls you aside like a couple days ahead of time Mm. and just lays it out and says, this is a big honor Mm. and we want you to be part of this family. Mm. You've shown loyalty, respect. You're an amazing lieutenant. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm honored indeed. Backing out is not an option. I have no intention. So she nods and says, great. Mm-hmm. So just be ready, <laughs> she says. I'm like, what, are they going to jump me in? Uh, pretty much. So we go through um, this whole ritual. So mm-hmm. it's, it's this, the night starts, and it's like in terms of what, what do you remember from your embrace oh oh it's up to me is it no i'm just asking what you remember and i can fill in the blanks 
I think uh, probably the thing I'd remember the most would be the pain involved. Yeah. You know, and the eeriness of it. Mm-hmm. You know. But turning into what you were, what you are now, mm-hmm. present day, like mm-hmm. 1920s. Yeah. I mean, you've gained a lot. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. I mean, the ritual basically is a strange combination of like a mass, um, like a Catholic mass mm-hmm. um, for the dead. And it's like a funeral mass for you. Mm. And your name is being said as though you were the mm. one who passed away. Mm. Am I lying there? Like, yeah. As if I'm in, lying in state or yes. whatever. Yeah. Yes. And they're doing, they're just doing the whole mass, you know, serve. it's not like a eulogy. It's not like a memorial service, but it's like a funeral mass offering your soul to God mm. um, and praying for you and all, doing all of it. Mm. The whole shebang. Mm. And there's candles everywhere. And, um, and there are, People crying in the pews, but you realize that those are later your food. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> That's why they're crying. So it's a strange funeral where it feels like it is a funeral, but not quite. And uh, yeah, Miguel Angel Martinez is the one who um, embraces you. Mm. And like you said, the pain is unbelievable. And the scream coming from your throat reminds you of that first scream that you heard mm. when Wilma you know, killed that guy Mm -hmm. and you feel your life slipping away, but it also feels, it feels like a horror show, Mm -hmm. but the redeeming factor is the blood. So then suddenly there's blood on your lips and you are drinking Mm -hmm. something you're familiar with, of course, Mm -hmm. but this is different. This is like, like as much as the scream is the agony, this is the ecstasy. Mm -hmm. So the blood is the ecstasy, Mm -hmm. which makes it worth it. Yeah. The pain, yeah, and you feel restored, mm-hmm. and you also know that you are completely changed. Mm-hmm. You're seeing things differently. Your vision is different. Your body is different. You just feel like it's not like it's like it's not like you're relishing being alive. You're relishing being dead. Right. Right. But it's not like you loved being alive. Right. So you may feel this infatuation or love with being dead. Exactly. I'm just like a step up. Yeah. Right. So it is truly a promotion. Mm-hmm. So everyone is ecstatic and happy for you and embraces you. Not literally. <laughs> Get embraced multiple times. No, that's horrible. But you, you, everyone is hugging you and, and patting you on the back and you have a blood feast, which is horrible. Ter- and I think that's probably where the origin of my reluctance, Yeah, you know, cause to, you're seeing what's happening. There's so many screams echoing off the walls of this, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's like a chapel. chapel he yeah. has like his own, cha- right. like he has this like ranch yeah. and it's like where he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Right, right. And there is a chapel and it's pretty yeah, big, yeah. um, in the mountains, you know, and it's bouncing off the mountains. Like it's, yeah. it's startling the animals. It's, right. it's terrifying. An owl takes flight. Yeah. <laughs> it's disturbing. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, so with that, um, you have become part of the Martinez family and the Giovanni family because 
Augustus Giovanni is Miguel and Hell's. Um, he's your grandsire, so. Oh, great, great, great grandsire. grandsire. Yeah. No, no, no. Miguel oh, and Hell. No. Generation wise. Oh yeah, great, yeah. great, 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 yeah. great. But but great Miguel and Hell is descended. Descended from. from that's what I meant Augustus, to say. Sorry, yeah. he's descended from Augustus. Cool. Cool. Again, cool. <laughs> so you leave the ranch, and you and Wilma head back to Los Angeles. And you have a different understanding of her now. Yeah. Like, you seem to understand her better when she talks. Oh, Like, the way she communicates with you, the way she says things, there's a mm. phrasing, there's things that you're hearing in her voice now that you understand. Oh. You have a deeper understanding of, of what she's saying versus when you were in your human body. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to explain, but it's like, it's like somebody speaking to you with an accent and then... They're sp- then they're suddenly speaking to you in their language. So they may have an accented speech in the language that you know. Right. But then for if you had the ability to understand what they were saying in their native language, right, right. then you'd be like, oh, like there's all these deeper inflections, details, et cetera. That sure. you're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Like right. I get it, I get it. Yeah. Um, which she's very happy about. <laughs> <laughs> but she but at one point during your trip back, she's like, I'm not giving you any more of my blood. I mean, that's just not how it works anymore. Right. We're equals now. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's your turn to figure out how you want to live here. Mm-hmm. However, if I need you for anything, I know I can count on you. Do you agree? Yeah. Okay. So you don't have to live in her house anymore. You don't feel like compelled to live, like be near her. <laughs> right. You right. suddenly have this freedom where you're like, oh, like oh. I don't really feel like, I mean, you feel a kinship with with Wilma. Yeah. But you don't necessarily feel like you have to be around her all the time and like you're compelled to stay near her or whatever, any of right, that. Right, right. It's not, you're not feeling that. <laughs> if anything, I'm like, you know, Miguel and hell, he's not too bad. He's a good guy. <laughs> I think I kind of like him. I think I kind of like him. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> so, Cesar Martinez. I think I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. So I think before you were embraced, I think you did get your nickname of Lucky because there were a couple like, you know, so what was one of the instances that you were like, it was like a close call? So I think um, there is definitely a time where we went, I went with some, some hired goons. Hired goons? Hired goons. I went with some, with some, (laughs) uh, with some local toughs Uh to go um, shake down somebody Mm -hmm. and it went bad. You know, like he was waiting for us. He knew we were coming mm-hmm. and um, and kind of got the drop on us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of the guys were actually gunned down, oh. you know. But uh, somehow I just like made it through this like fearsome gun battle. Mm-hmm. And I was like the only one who came out without any scratch. Oh, okay. you know, a couple guys were killed, including the guy we were going after. Yeah, yeah, Everybody yeah. else was at least, you know, winged or nicked, if mm-hmm. not actually like shot, you know, outright shot. Yeah. And like I barely, you know, had a hair out of place. Right. Even though like I was in the midst of it and right. everybody testified to that afterwards, yeah. you know, like, All right. like that guy was just unloading Right in Caesar's direction, you know, and it's like Not every single, one, yeah, yeah kind of like uh, Pulp Fiction, you know, yeah. <laughs> the guy comes running out and just empties his pistol, you know. But right. that, I mean, there's lots of stuff on on record, like police files and stuff and that kind of thing. Right, 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 right. I mean, I think I remember reading one about a guy who 
stole a cop's gun out of his holster while they were in the uh, squad car. Uh-huh. And, like, it was like a, you know, he tried to shoot him from the back seat and, like, missed every single shot. Right, you know, it was right, that kind right. of thing, right? Yeah. So, anyways, something along those lines. Okay. All right. I love that. Okay. So, let's jump ahead. <laughs> Lucky. Lucky. So... <laughs> Let's see. Let me just, I'm doing some math here. Okay. So I think what we'll get into, I think there's going to have to be a two-part prelude. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's how I look at it. This is the prelude that we're doing right now. Right. Because to my mind, the prelude ends with the embrace. Oh. But what we can have is then for session one, just kind of catching up to the current year by just doing a little bit of backstory. Okay. Yeah. So I just have one more thing. Okay. I just have one more just thing. One more thing. Yes. All right. So as as time has gone on and Wilma and you have, you know, have built your relationship and mm-hmm. you're looking out for each other and then you suddenly become aware that there are more canites, mm. as she calls them, yeah. in the city. Okay. And it's suddenly like, you're kind of like, how do you feel about that? I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I worked for this woman for 20 years. Like... <laughs> You know, You've seen a lot of shit. I've seen some shit. So yeah, so I've seen some weirdos coming and going at night. You have. <laughs> I know what's up. Exactly, and yeah. so, <laughs> so basically, she says, "There's just one more thing for us to do," mm. and this is probably like a year after you've had. So I think it's close to the anniversary of your embrace. Mm-hmm. There's one more thing for us to do, mm. and uh, it's just she's like, it's just a formality. Um, and thankfully, because we keep such a low profile, it's, I think it's fine. But, um, so you see, she's kind of like, having a nervous. Hum- yeah, yeah, seems a little anxious about Interesting. it. Interesting, yeah. And she says, well, we need to, I've told you about the Camarilla. Mm-hmm. And hmm. I've told you about how their structure is. They yeah. have, uh, they have princes, they have different things and. She's like, usually we just don't, we ignore most of it. And she's like, in fact, if uh, if you if I were you, I would ignore most of them. However, I think they know that you are here now. So we need to present you to the prince. Of course. And so the year is like 1911. Mm-hmm. And this just seems very strange to you. Mm-hmm. Um that you would be having to go and, and do this. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. So you've seen, you've seen over the years, the decades, especially around the time you were embraced, is that Los Angeles was turning into this completely, I mean, it was becoming a city. Right, sure. Before your very eyes. Yeah, yeah. Paved streets, electric lights. Um, just more people, more people, yeah. all different types of people, like yeah. even more variety of people Coming all over. Yeah. And then also movies. Sure. I mean, you guys would listen to the radio and stuff like that, but now it's like this motion picture industry. What mm. is this? Yeah. So then with that, what's that, like? what's that all about? And so, <laughs> and so the movie industry is like, taking shape like there have been like all of these movie companies coming in Mm. and that it just there was just so much robust um business and in fact 
things have been tied to going to these really nice homes mm. um, where there are people who ha- are obviously very wealthy mm. and they have all of these different things that Wilma's like, I need this and this from this person. <laughs> right. um, paintings, sculptures, mm. um, you know, uh, I want to say like, I don't know, it's like gold bars, but also like mm-hmm. like doubloons, right? Sure, I mean, like, yeah. So like things that people were bringing over that... Collections of old Spanish treasure. Exactly. Uh-huh. Like that they had or um, like manuscripts, like things that these people, these like artistic quote people mm-hmm. had. And then mm-hmm. she's like, I want those things. Mm-hmm. So... So you got to know like that where these homes are. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And so it's just this completely other life that you were seeing, especially juxtaposed with the people who everyday ordinary people who are just living their lives. And then you have this like dichotomy of these like incredibly wealthy people mm-hmm. <laughs> that were just coming into the city and like pouring money into it yeah. and making it make money. Yeah. It was just, it was almost magical in a way. Yeah. Just kind of popped up. Mm, mm. But something about it didn't feel right. You know, it didn't feel like it was something that it doesn't feel like it's, and you can tell me how you feel about it, Mm -hmm. but it felt, (laughs) it's that same weird feeling that you had when you first met Miguel and hell, like when you were a human Mm. and you're like, something unsettling about all of this like wealth yeah. and growth yeah, and yeah, newness. Yeah. Something that feels off about it. Yeah. What do you think? In terms of why it feels that yeah. way? Like why here? Mm-hmm. Why is it coming here? Yeah. This is like just a little town in the desert. You know? Mm-hmm. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I know, you know, the railroad brought a lot of people out here when mm-hmm. they came out. But you know, like still seems off, you know? So, and I just, I don't, I don't like these kind of like, uh, they, they just seem like opportunists and like kind of mm-hmm. carpet baggers, you know, coming out to my town, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like living in their, their mansions, you know? So it just, it just seems very, uh, yeah, like unsavory in that way, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking this as you're, being driven by, mm. I don't know, one of the many, you know, underlings mm-hmm. in the Martinez family. Yeah. Um, and with Wilma mm-hmm. in this in this car. I mean, it's like a Model T or whatever, you know, those like super old cars. <laughs> or, or even a Rolls Royce. Rolls maybe. Royce, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how flashy she is. Not su- No, no, she's not. So, right. like, so like a Packard. A Packard, probably. yeah, yeah, there you go, perfect. <laughs> and <laughs> so you're heading up and you're going into these or, like... Oh, uh, Pierce, Pierce Arrow. Would oh, be the one. Okay, a Pierce mm-hmm. arrow. Pierce arrow. Looks like. I don't know if those are around in 1911, but. Yeah, active 1901 to 1938. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So, so yeah. that looks like. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's a pretty nice. It's a pretty nice car, actually. Yeah, it's a very nice. Very car. swank looking. If you think like old timey car. Um, it definitely has a like a um, a top, yep. like a hard top. There's some that are like rag top, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But it's a hard top, very blocky, big headlights. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, and it's it's black. It's very nice, very smooth, mm-hmm. long yeah. car. So you're driving through the hills. Mm. Um, 
you know, past some of these different um, neighborhoods and you're mm. getting to the, like the nicer part of town mm-hmm. um, in terms of where that is. Um, <laughs> it's like, well, what you've been told is the, is called Hollywood. Sure. Right. Yeah. This area that's come to be called Hollywood. Yes. yes. And you're driving up and there's the main drags, but then there's these little, mm. there's these roads that are going up into the hills. Mm. Not super high, mm. but just enough, a little further removed. And so you pull up to this house. It's very nice. Like mm. it's, 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 you've seen these mansions before, yeah. but this one's particularly nice. Mm. Um, there's these different Spanish details. It's very like Spanish influence, and some you've seen like are very much like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen a lot like that have run the gamut from very like very strange like maybe houses that look like maybe from the East Coast. Mm. You're not sure what the style is. Mm-hmm. It's not really important, but <laughs> it doesn't look like familiar. Right. You know, it looks odd. Right. But this looks like it fits very well. Yeah. And you have this strange feeling. Um, when you get to, you get kind of closer to it. Um, but you're also detecting like this other underlying feeling of unease and like you're being watched Mm. Mm. as you're pulling up and you park. It's like this, you know, like a semi-circle driveway, pull up to the front of the house there's like a valet there, you know, to kind of escort you into the house. And, um, and so as you were driving up again, I'm, fi- I'm picturing it like a film or whatever, but it's juxtaposed with, with her telling you, okay, we're meeting the prince. Mm-hmm. You need to just be very civil, keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very powerful. Um, his name is Don Sebastian mm-hmm. and he's been around Pretty much since you were born. So let's just mind our P's and Q's. We'll introduce you and we'll just move on with our evening. Mm-hmm. What do you think? So I'm pretty nervous. Uh-huh. Uh, but you know, I'm just nodding like, okay. Like, yeah, let's just get this over with kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So as you are entering into the foyer, mm-hmm. you're hearing the clattering of like, like fencing foils, like, <laughs> like, like swords, yeah. like fighting yeah. and like laughing and like, ha like, mm-hmm. like, like they're, somebody's like, they're, these grown men are like running around <laughs> and you are brought into this room where mm. it's this giant, beautiful room with these tiled floors, like oriental rugs, mm-hmm. plush couches, you know, plants, ferns. There's like, even like a, like a, um, it looks like a wildcat on a chain. Mm, um, mm. There's a par- there's parrots squawking, and mm-hmm. um, and then the, that main room opens up into this larger patio outdoor area that you can just see. There's trees all around, and very ornate gold everything. Like mm-hmm. everything is framed in gold, um, velvet, you know, velvet throws, and just like it's just it's very plush and beautiful. Yeah. And so you see like a group of people like watching these two men fencing mm. and fighting and jumping in these like really elaborate ways, mm. like really elaborate ways. Mm. And it's, it's superhuman. 
like okay. in terms of oh, what right. they're doing. They're like bouncing off of the walls and like <laughs> right. basically like hanging from chandeliers and like mm. like trying to get at each other and yeah. like like knocking shit over, not caring. And there's other people that are kind of running around and trying to like like if a vase gets knocked over or a or a portrait gets moved, like they're trying to like right. like everybody's kind of in a state of like tumult and like right, right. it's just super boisterous and people are laughing and there are these women there that you tell you can tell are human women mm. that are there and mm. um mm. it's just a reckless mm. feeling and yeah. there's like suddenly you see like like this um female vampire feeding on like like you know she's a you know she's a canine and she's feeding on like one of these women yeah. like in the open like yeah. doesn't care yeah it's but she's not screaming or anything. Oh, right, <laughs> that's weird. Uh, yeah, and in fact, it's like it's it seems very like orgasmic in terms yeah. of what's happening. It's super right. sexual, <laughs> and it's not happen. That doesn't happen with mine when I give them morphine. <laughs> well, we can get into that. Yeah. We'll get into that to the next next time. Next yeah. time. Yeah. But like, so it's just this chaotic like party atmosphere, mm. and you hear, you see the the man who brought you in, just like kind of observing. And he's like, sir, sir. And they're just like laughing and nobody's paying attention. He's like, sir. And then suddenly you see this man look down. He's like hanging from the chandelier, like almost upside down, holding his his like um, rapier. Mm -hmm. And he has like dark brown hair, dark, dark, dark brown eyes. Mm. And he's in good physical shape. Yeah. Um, and he's just grinning and you see like those little fangs mm-hmm. out too. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, Don Sebastian, you have visitors. And he, so this man's looking at you upside down mm-hmm. and he's looking at you hmm. just staring at you. And he looks at Wilma. He's like, Wilma. And she bows mm-hmm. very, very, um, slowly. Mm-hmm. And then he just basically takes like this like flying leap. Like mm-hmm. he like swings himself, like almost like, like a trapeze artist, like swings himself off of the chandelier and lands perfectly on his feet, holding the rapier. Right. And he hands it to the man and he says, Hello, I'm Don Sebastian. So I will, uh, did Wilma coach me at all before this or? Yeah. She just said, keep your mouth shut and just like kind of bow okay. and just be super just, right, right. yeah. So yeah, I'll just, I'll just give him a deep bow and, uh, and, and say, um, I am Cesar Berganza. Yes. I've heard of you. You're lucky, aren't you? Some would say that. Yes. I'd like to see the extent of that luck tonight. <laughs> And we'll leave it off there. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Cool. All right. That was good. Yes. So we'll we'll get more into that relationship. We'll get yep. more into... Other relationships. Uh-huh. And um, and we can always use, you know, flashbacks, too. Absolutely. As a noir oh, staple. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, absolutely. Like, maybe one thing we could do is, like, whenever a new character is introduced, mm-hmm. you know, like, if there's an, if it's appropriate, like, mm-hmm. do a little flashback sequence, like, when I first met them. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, almost like... A, yeah, kind of a continuing prelude meshing with the, yeah. the first uh, chapter or, Absolutely. Whatever, or yeah. later chapters. Totally. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Feels thank good to be back. It's back, baby. Yeah. <laughs>